Thanks for joining me again. Back for another episode of the Super Weird, the Super Paranormal, the Super Unknown. This is Paranormally Speaking with your host, Neil Parks. I'm an award-winning author, screenwriter, writer-writer in general, left-writer because I'm left-handed, ghost-writer because I write about ghosts, professional artist, historian, paranormal expert, and all about a man all about town. So go ahead, buckle up. This is going to be an interesting ride. Oh, my goodness. Neil Parks just came in here and a ghost broke his headphones. That's crazy. Randy got it back together. All right, so uh, Neil Parks, who is going to lead us down the road of some Columbus haunts, has yes. joined us live. How you doing, man? I'm great. How are you doing? Oh, your mic's over here. Yeah, we get you right into the microphone. I'm now. even better when you can hear me. Yeah, how are you? Yes. We're doing fantastic. So you uh, fancy yourself as someone who is at the forefront of haunts around the Franklin County area or just uh, Columbus in general? Uh, the entire region. Uh, I'm from Chillicothe. So. Oh, yeah, I'm from Portsmouth, my friend. Oh, nice. Yeah, you know how yeah. many times I've seen Tecumseh? <laughs> <laughs> how many times have you seen Tecumseh? No one's ever asked me that officially. <laughs> a lot of people just take my word that I've seen it a lot, so I'm going to go with 12. When we moved here, he wanted to move to Sugarloaf Mountain. Uh, it's an amazing place. I mean, one of the mi- finer mountains in our country. Oh, completely. Yeah. If you want to call it a mountain. Yeah. <laughs> we I mean, do. It yeah, is uh, sure. exceptionally high-rolling hill. Mm-hmm. My family and I, we would uh, always go see Tecumseh, and then we'd go out to a really, really fancy meal right there at the Wendy's next to the gas station. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's the one of the burgers taste like butane. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> I really want to know about local haunts. Uh, I, I want so to you're know. from Chillicothe, though. So like, that tells me a lot, though, because you know, down in that area, as you get down there in southern Ohio, it's sort of like yesteryear yes. unfolds, and you start to see see where old time yeah, yeah but the steel mills and all of these things that were so prevalent shoe factories across southern ohio mm-hmm. and i just know and i don't even really know but if i felt like ghosts were anywhere that's where they would be well the awesome thing about those regions like chillicothe and portsmouth where you're from those are all towns that are right next to a large body of water the river for example and a lot of those are sacred sites next to that from where the indigenous people would set up camps set up uh, burial sites and so forth and then of course during the industrial age so much of that got decimated because people didn't understand history or the importance of that uh, sacred land, and they would come in with bulldozers and move these relics of these items out of those graves, and either stockpile them or then create their own idea of a mound, which is uh, sort of a Western uh, white idea of how to set up a mound, and that really m- created a lot of negative energy and angry ancient energy. So, do you f- so are you telling me that the mounds, like the one uh, here, what street is that on McKinley? Yeah, it's McKinley. Is that real or is that white made? Uh, that one is actually authentic. Okay. It yeah. felt authentic because there's a squig. It's like a, goes into like a spiral, mm-hmm. squiggle to the top. Yeah. Where like the other ones when we went to visit by the prison. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, those are kind of cool down Man's in Lucasville. Yeah. Oh, Lucasville. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, are those man-made? Uh, half of them are still approved by the okay. Ohio Department of... Uh, Clearly they're all man-made, but you know what I meant. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, at that time, aliens were assisting the indigenous people with that since they finished the pyramids in a timely fashion. Right. Yeah. They, they figured, hey, we got a couple extra minutes. We'll come over to Southern Ohio. Well, we got some bricks we left. We can, <laughs> we can build a few mounds. Leftover soil. Where do we dump this? Yeah. The <laughs> Nile, the Scioto, it's kind of the same, guys. You know, But you know, it's interesting that you said that about uh, Portsmouth and the rivers. There's a confluence there where the Scioto 
in the Ohio meet, and the Shawnee felt uh, very strong about that. Yeah, uh, funny story about the Shawnee in that region. They would make it a point to always abduct uh, the white red-headed children, and then they would give them mohawks and send them back to their family as sort of a way to say, keep your kid off my lawn. So it, it was sort of like their marker in that, in that area. Can they, they weren't recognized among the civilized tribes until much, much later when they converted into uh, the Cherokee way of life. Yeah. And then they started trading with the white man, but before that they were deemed savage. Yeah, the yeah. Cherokee Shawnee were like the real first sort of infusion of them starting to sell off everything yeah yeah i mean yeah the tecumseh story is really amazing and you know there's so much history about there's that. so much history leather lips up in the delaware area you know there's so much to explore but where so if someone was to ask in that area like where did you start like where was the first uh haunted area quote unquote that you uh, explored this was back in 1995 i'm going way back when way back. grunge yes. was still nice. fashionable yes so it was a majestic theater in chillicothe which is still the uh most highly used theater of of its nature built in the mid-1800s, then rebuilt in the late 1800s, essentially reconstructed because of the fire uh, in 1883, I believe it was. And now they're adding to the Majestic, adding a whole new wing, which is stirring some things up. But in 1995, it was a monster movie marathon. And oh, wow. I went with some friends in costume. I was dressed as Darth Vader. I named my son uh, Luke after Luke. Skywalker. You're a big fan. He had me bring this mug with water in it to drink it and think of him as I'm thirsty. There you go. So there's Lucas on it. Okay. Where where was I? See, I do this a lot. Yeah. So you're dressed up in the theater, theater, dressed as Darth Vader. I love the sound effects. So I uh, take a break from uh, one of the films, go to the restroom, and planning to hit the concession stand on my way back. And for some reason, weird things happen to me in the restroom. So I go to this archaic Same restroom. Same thing with Rick, too. <laughs> yeah. Now, wait a second. So you say weird things, just like you're hearing things or like physical, like you feel something. I, I, don't, like, I, I don't mean like it's a joke. I mean like, like state senators sliding yeah. the shoe under my but, stall. Yeah. Like yeah. when people say that, do you feel like a wind? I mean, like what do you feel? Um, I don't know if it's the conductive energy of the water itself or the fact that you're trapped in that square room, and it acts like a panic cage with all gotcha. the lights and whatnot, creating a high level of electromagnetic energy. I seem to be in tuned with that. So okay. it seems like when I go to a restroom that has multiple amounts of lighting and probably poor faulty wiring, like in the Majestic, because it's, it's low ball gauge from 20th century, if not the 19th, it's just sure. been reconstructed. So I go into the Majestic... And I walked past what appeared to be a janitor in one of those 1950s Shanana Fonzarelli yeah. uh, jumpsuits. Okay. <laughs> so he's standing there mopping the floor with his back to me. And I almost bump into him and say, oh, excuse me, sir, I didn't see you there. He didn't acknowledge me. So I go into the stall. I like privacy. I come back out to wash my hands. And he's still standing in the same spot, mopping the same area. But there's no mop bucket. And his mop is soaking wet. And the floor around him is wet. But there's no mop bucket. So I'm wondering, is he getting the water from the urinal? This is disgusting. How's yeah. this happening? And I say to him, that's probably the cleanest spot in the whole bathroom. And he stops. And turns to look at me. He has a perfectly normal face. He's a solid person. And he takes himself in the mop and walks up the stairs uh, in a hurried fashion. And I'm standing there, what, what is this about? What's what's wrong with this guy? Does he not like to talk to people? Is, is he mute or something? So after I'm walking out, I start to walk up the stairs, going towards the concession, and I feel like someone's staring at me. I look directly up the stairwell because the stairs wrap around beyond the bathroom and you can see all the way to the third floor and he's peering down holding on to the handrail staring down at me wow. and he looks really angry so 
what do you do in that situation? Every horror movie, you follow it. You follow the noise in the dark. So I start to saunter up the stairs as slowly oh and cautiously as God. possible. And I get to the third floor. And there's like a uh, door that's there in front of him. And there's a whole area of pictures that are arranged along the wall that show like the staff of the yesteryears and so forth and he goes to that door and without turning the doorknob handle he walks directly into it oh. and just sort of dissipates so i'm like what the? and then i walk up as quickly as i can to the door open the door and it's a janitor's closet there's all kinds of cleaning supplies in there and when i shut the door i back away a few steps and notice one of the pictures along the wall has him from like 1953 with the staff picture the group and the staff and the crew of the majestic at that time yeah he was the same guy that i saw in the bathroom in 1995 so were you intrigued to find out who that guy was completely intrigued uh found out that he actually was one of the victims of a uh, fire that broke out in the hotel that used to be next to the Majestic Theater that the actors who were visiting would stay in that hotel and there was this tiny little corridor tunnel that would connect from the bottom of the hotel to the bottom of the Majestic so the actors could walk in and out unbothered and he was trying to open up that doorway because he could hear someone on the other side screaming for help, and he couldn't get it unlocked on that side. He died from smoke inhalation wow. in the basement. That's crazy. And so, you know, Chillicothe, of course, the first capital of Ohio. Mm-hmm. So, you know, yeah. a lot of history there. Yeah, it was actually, uh, it's been the capital of Ohio twice, and then uh, Columbus uh, took that from us. So we're okay with that. We've <laughs> twice, so, wait, so we were, or, I'm sorry, Chillicothe was, and then it and went to who? Zanesville. Zanesville was like, let me hold that for a minute. Yeah, hold my beer. And then it went back to Chillicothe. And they were like, Zanesville is a terrible idea. We're yeah. back, guys. And then we fumbled it somehow. So, so. was this theater the reason that Tecumseh ended up uh, becoming such a big... Uh, Being outside? Yeah. Well, like or, ghost well, I don't know about that, but just like the, the history of theater in Chillicothe, or maybe it has nothing to do with it. They that. actually do go hand in hand. There's a huge artistic community in that region. Uh, we have several uh, local authors, some that I never even knew about till I started publishing books and yeah. having them released. Uh, we have a small community of that, like-minded artists, sculptors, uh, people who do woodworking, creating statues out of steel and so forth. The guy that plays Sam Kenton like, has played Sam Kenton since I was like eight. Yeah. I mean, the dude's been there forever. What about here in Columbus specifically? Right now, uh, we have uh, Neil Parks in, and uh, he's an author, and also... Uh, Haunted Enough is his book. Haunted Enough? Haunted Enough. And you can <laughs> grab that online, or you can grab that at bookstores. Where can people uh, pick it up? Oh, you can get it on Amazon, uh, probably eBay by now. I'm awesome. sure you can pick it up for a quarter. Ah, get out of here. And my local bookstore in Chillicothe that uh, was actually featured on NBC4 last month, the oh, Wheatberry cool. Books, is one of the best locally owned bookstores in the state. Uh, it was featured, and they've only been open for like a year and a half, so nice. kudos to them. But what about here in Columbus? Like, what, what, what can you tell us about like this area? Well, there's, of course, uh, the Buxton Inn. Uh, I'm sure you've heard of that. And where's that exactly? Uh, that is in Granville. Okay, Granville. Uh, right. That's I think it's what, like 40 minutes from here? Mm-hmm. Yeah, 40 minutes east. Uh, that is a really interesting location. Uh, I was invited to like... Uh, my wife and I were invited. She's like the scully to my molder. Oh, okay, so you guys do this together. All yeah, right. So do. Randy and I know about that. We do. Uh, she kind of ropes me in and keeps me from chasing the moon and werewolves. <laughs> and we were invited to like this 
murder mystery type dinner, get to know each all the X Files. Nice, and we <laughs> we were invited as like the guests of honor. They wanted me to tell some stories and read some excerpts from my book. Sure. And a lot of the people that were a part of it, it was like the movie Dinner for Schmucks. It was it was pretty funny. Oh, look at this place. This is yeah, nice. It was, it was quite, yeah, it is a very nice location. And the bar downstairs is like a dungeon. Mm. And I wonder if they used to keep people during the Renaissance era in that location. But since this land was not um, anything beyond uh, the New World before the Renaissance era, I doubt that that was ever a... a dungeon of torture but it, it does look pretty creepy and in fact a lot of weird things happen in that bar glasses are known to fly across the room a lot of girls when they go to change uh, certain containers for the drinks and whatnot or change the keg uh, they'll feel someone push or grab on them uh, i myself did not experience anything in the bar I did get a sense of something moving around that wasn't physical, but what I experienced more was in the ballroom area where they have a lot of wedding receptions and uh, graduation dinners. Sure. There is said to be a ghost cat that runs around. Oh, ghost cat. Ghost cat. Do you have to do ghost litter? Ghost litter, yes. (laughs) Ghost poops. Yeah, ghost poops. So, uh, <laughs> what if I like, the worst part of a ghost cat? It still smelled like a cat, and you're like, I don't even get to see this son of a bitch. Like, what? <laughs> it's just, I smell it. It's just a cat. Yeah. So uh, you kind of want to set a can of nine lives out for it to see what happens. But <laughs> we're sitting in, in one of the tables, and I notice uh, one of the table drapes that goes over the tabletop cloths. It's brushing almost like someone's rubbing their foot against it. And I pick it up to look under to see who's doing that because it's just my wife and I sitting here at this table. And I, I kid you not, I kit, kitten you not, this, this cat, uh, was under the table and all the doors were closed. No one could get in or out at this point. And it's just us, just physical people. And this cat, this solid white cat is under the table. It hisses at me just like that sound and then takes off. But it takes off to where? Because as soon as it disappears yeah. from our sight, it's just, it's, it's so gone. Weird. It was a catastrophe. <laughs> now, what about the Ohio Theater? I was over there a few times. Uh, my buddy Roman Atwood did a show over there, and we were backstage, and I was just kind of mulling around a little bit, and I found myself in these different, like, corridors, and, like, you're looking yes, around. that and, did feel eerie in and, the like, back. And, like, I was by myself, and then, like, Randy joined me. But, like... The whole time when you're that by yourself, that was the scariest part. You definitely no, but what I was gonna say was you definitely get the sense of you're not alone. Like you know what I mean? Like the I have a pretty good fight or flight sort of. I don't know, sixth sense, sense, if you yeah. will. Like yeah, and you know, my spidey sense was going off in that place. That's exactly what I call it. It's so funny. Uh, the Ohio Theater, that's the the theater with the large chandelier. I've I've seen Phantom of the Opera at that theater and uh, Wicked. Kind of cool and. I've been told by people who work there that, like the corridor situation, that's mainly set up for actors to move in and out of areas undetected by people that are there to see the show so they don't get bothered in between changing and whatnot or get stopped. So they go through like a maze set up that they only know the map to, essentially. They have to walk it several times to memorize it, but it keeps everyone else away. But it kind of makes me wonder if someone didn't memorize it well enough and they starved to death in the corridors and died there. That's the feeling I get. <laughs> How intense if you're an actor. You're just like, hey, anybody, you going to bring me a, a potato chips or anything. I'm dying in the corridor, guys. Is no one else, like, changing costumes because I'm the only one in here? Like, you wonder, like, how that would even happen. So how often can you go, uh, you know, is this your full-time passion? Or, like, do you have another job? Or, like, how often can you go and... And like big, I don't, you know, like collect, 
like collect these stories. Like I can go, I collect rocks. I can go collect rocks whenever. Or investigate. In, in, investigate. Yeah, how you. often like, do you find yourself here? quote unquote ghost hunting? Uh, well, even Batman has a day job, so I do have something that keeps me at okay. bay during the day. Uh, I used to do a lot more traveling around and investigating here and there, but um, my wife talked me into having kids. We've got an uh, 11-year-old and an 8-year-old, best decision of my life. So what do you do with that, though, like with all this uh, hobby, you know, your hobbies? Like, do they, how, how much do you let them in before it's like kids are so freaked out they can't sleep? My kids are so into this, it's scary. Uh, my son has actually interacted with something at a location I was at in Chillicothe above Grandpa's, uh, Grandpa Joe's candy shop it used to be Lloyd's Sweet Shop. And funny that it's called Lloyd's Sweet Shop at one time because above that it used to be a brothel during the days of the canal. And my son interacted with something. The Erie Canal. Yeah, the Erie Canal. When it was open, so like that branch of the canal. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. And that used to be, they'd come out, the women would come out to the balcony area and wave their handkerchiefs to let the guys know that it's open for business. So they'd go up and pay their fare and take care of things. Never and imagine how quick you can park a jumbo. <laughs> People uh, want to talk, you know, ask all these questions. What about, um, well, hang on, hang on one second. So, so, so the ladies are out on the balcony and they're waving these guys down. Yeah. And then they go up and do their thing, and that energy is still trapped there. Um, because at that time, of course, I, I want to say at that time, but unfortunately it's still today, men did not value women. They used them as objects sure. and used them and abused them, throw them away. Kind of still the same way as the 21st century, but not much has changed. But they, I'm sure a lot of negative and energy of regret would be left behind by these women who were just tossed aside like pieces of candy, which later became Lloyd's Sweet Shot. That is interesting. Okay, ah. <laughs> uh, what about Mudhouse Mansion in Lancaster? Did he ever go there? One of the most haunted places in Ohio. They Ooh. tore it down. Where did the spirits go? Yeah, they <laughs> they tore that down. The, actually, the spirits would still stay if they were attached to that property because it's not so much the house itself. Of like, is it the coordinates? The coordinates. Uh, uh, if you were to like put the it in coordinates, it's like the <laughs> battlefield of Gettysburg. If you were to put a neighborhood and zone yeah. it, that's what they say about every our neighborhood. house would be haunted. Yeah. They say that where we live in in Dublin. In oh yeah? yeah, yeah. They said like on the on the, the championship name. golf course. I guess it used to be a battlefield. Oh yeah. Oh, Tiger, see? Tiger Woods yeah. said, "Tell me and about it." And they said like. A tiger was telling you about it? No, he said Tiger Woods said, tell me about <laughs> it, it. Like, every time uh, he plays over there. Yeah, so what is it? Is there a battlefield? Or? Um, it was mainly just the last days of the Civil War, and it was just... Uh, a In Dublin? Yes. A friendly, yes. A friendly little uh, territory uh, squirmish, basically. Just a uh, rite of passage. I mean, the war was already over, but people were still angry and holding on to their intentions, and... They started raising their Confederate flag and kicking their boots in that area because they were trying to head east and get back to south. And they ended up running into a few uh, Union soldiers that I had to kick their tail and send them home. But a lot of people died in the, in the field that is now a golf course. Isn't that wild? Wow. Yeah. I had no idea. They say, well, I went to University of Tennessee, super haunted on the hill. It's called the Hilltop, and that's where, like, maybe majority of your classes are. Yeah. And that one was used for a hospital during the Civil War. Ooh, sounds it, like Athens. The the city was like our university. They used these buildings for the war. Mm-hmm. And then they would resume classes when the war was over. Yeah, uh, how do you go back from that? Talk about PTSD. Wait, was the University of Tennessee was open during the Civil War? I mean, it's uh, these buildings were there. That's wild. That they would. They said they would make it. They turned the building into a hospital. 
I don't know if they had regular classes going on right. during war times. Uh, you'd probably have to duck and run a lot between yeah. the sessions. Four score and seven. Oh, we got to go. Yeah. <laughs> it was founded in 1794. Wow, look at that. Somebody said, tell him to go to 397 East 5th Street. I used to live there, and it's really haunted. No, 1794 oh is the, the actual tooth count of the people that have graduated oh. the University of Tennessee. Oh, 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 oh. Now, uh, back to the investigation question. I, I don't really go on a lot of investigative trips anymore. I focus more on writing and research. Okay. Um, I have taken a lot of cases that have been handed to me and passed them on to other teams that do stay active in the field that I find reputable, and I pass it off onto them. Right. I, I see these shows on TV, or I used to watch them, and these families would be like, what do I do? I don't know what to do. I, I can't call the police to get this thing out of my house. And <laughs> so... Does that like that happens to people? Like people listening right now? Do you have something in your house? Is like, there a Ghostbuster like for real? Like, can you call somebody? Uh, mainly the if it's something that's of dark energy or dark um, intent, you would want to get a uh, man of the cloth involved. But which cloth? That's my question. <laughs> Are they only answering to Jesus? The ones answering to Jesus, yes. Okay. <laughs> like I mean, like what if I'm in uh, Africa? Like a tribe, like a different tribe. Yeah, I might need to, like, you know, this this ghost might not know Jesus. See, that's a slippery slope when you get into that. Yeah, that's, that's my with, question. I'm dealing with and... other religions and yeah. so forth. You don't want to isolate anyone because then you can create an adverse effect. Yeah. yeah uh, uh, can't find a rabbis. priest. Got this rabbi here. Rabbis have been known to work wonders as well. All right, good. <laughs> you know, I just got a note. Neil Parks in here, who is an author. Randy, give us the name of the book one yeah, more time. Yeah, it's called Haunted Enough: okay. Terrifying Tales to Tell Your Friends. It it makes me think of the ghost storybooks, like uh, when I was in high school and stuff. It looks amazing. I love it. I just have one question. How do you refrain from not talking like this all the time? Because I feel like I would go on a journey and I would have to find ghosts and I would have to talk like this. It would just become my permanent voice. Like I said, uh, Scully to my molder has kind of broken me of that. Oh, she okay. said I used to, when I would do lectures and do conventions and festivals yeah. on a regular basis, she said I would go into this fake British accent. <laughs> like Kind of like, like Fraser Lohan. Train yeah, or something right, right. from uh, Cheers. <laughs> and here I found this. Yeah. And behold, I have a debit box. Well, but you, I don't recall ever doing that. You feel like you're really, you know, you're conquering new lands, I'm sure. you know. Like, But in all seriousness, <laughs> I mean, people have called you out to research... Different paranoia or parent paranormal. <laughs> Either way, too. Normal, yes. like that is going on. Uh, things that are seeming to be not of this world. In the Columbus area, what do you think is the most bizarre thing that you have been a part of? Uh, when it comes here, we are in October, <laughs> two days in. Start to freak me out, man. Halloween's around the corner. Most bizarre thing I've ever encountered. One uh, would be uh, when I was a guest speaker at the Mothman Festival in Point Pleasant, West Virginia. I told you, Randy. Uh, several years ago. I've, I've been a regular there, but I've taken some time off from it so I don't bore people. So this woman approaches me, and she is, seems to be distraught. And she's like, she really needed to talk to me, but not around other people. So she pulls me off to the side, and she says to me, I don't know how to tell you this. But I know I've been abducted over and over again since the age of nine. I'm like, okay, go ahead. I, I'm open ears. I hear stories like this all the time. And she said, no, you don't understand. They've abducted me within the last year and impregnated me. I said, really? And she says, yes. And I was carrying the child almost a full term. And then the light took me again. And when I came to, I was in the hospital. And they say I was never pregnant to begin with. 
but I have ultrasounds showing that I had a child in my stomach. I, I said, oh, okay, did you, you know, did some cult maybe take your baby or something? Or did a dingo get your baby? And she's, I didn't really say that. That would be rude. So she she went on to, to say that she keeps having visions of a child that she um, will never see or never have because it was taken from her by the higher beings. And that she encountered a child that she knew was hers, but it was aged seven years, but she lost it about a year ago. And I'm like, okay, so it aged rapidly, she said, because it's an alien-human hybrid. And she knows it's her child because it spoke to her telepathically and said, Mommy, I'm here, I'm okay. Um, they need me. They need me. I have a higher calling. And I, I'm start. I'm sitting. I have to sit down at this point. I'm like, okay, because that was a lot to unload on a guy that That's writes ghost books and talks yeah. about Bigfoot and You're like, this the is a great man. story. Are you yeah. like, yes? I was thinking, is it I hard to capitalize on? Is this? it hard? Like, do you have to like resist getting too caught up in the beginning? Oh, definitely. Yeah. Uh, you can end up like Alex Jones. You mentioned sure. him earlier yeah. and create your own crazy cult of conspiracies mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and. Mm-hmm. Then the government has you on a watch list, which isn't fun. I've had my phones tapped, but that's a whole other story. And that whole experience, uh, on top of that, then I, there was another time at the Mid-Ohio Paranormal Convention in Dayton where these people approached me and said that men in black were following them. Uh, men in black had told them not to talk to me <laughs> and that they feel they have to share these images with me before the men in black take them because they've broken into their house and ransacked their house looking for these images. And it was just random images of really weird black lines and posts that just appear out of nowhere within a five-second shot. They're not there. And then within a five-second shot, they are there. So, I mean, these were just typical Polaroids and snapshots. And I'm thinking, well, you know, that could have been a Sharpie marker. You just gave me a quick glimpse of the image. Let me analyze the natural, the actual film. Let me look into this. Let me know more about the land where these pictures were taken. They were giving me minimal information. So there's a lot of kooks out there like that, right. too. Well, and then mental health. So, yeah, you're like, mental health plus, yeah. yeah. But that yeah. woman really shook me to the core when she shared that information. So what, what, what came of, of that? Uh, she had been following me for a while, and uh, this was during the days of the merge between MySpace losing its popularity and Facebook becoming a, a gotcha. big thing in like mm-hmm. 2010, 2011 when MySpace died. And she had been following me heavily on uh, Facebook, which is one of the reasons I don't have my own Facebook anymore. Um, I have fan pages, but I don't have anything more than just that about myself on Facebook. Why? Because you are having people find you and, yeah. and come up to you with problems? Uh, yeah, and uh, somehow getting my phone number because there was a time when Facebook would take the information you put in uh, that's supposed to be secure and right. they would have on their phone number and then I would be getting calls and texts. Right. and All hours of the night? Yeah. <gasps> I just heard something. <laughs> I need you to come over. <laughs> Demons wow. in my sock drawer. Yeah, I would get that a lot. Now, what is the, so? what would you say is like the the most definitive evidence that you've ever been a part of? Uh, Where where made you a believer 110%? It started with me at a very early age. Uh, What pushed me over the edge, I had always been aware of things, seen things, heard things, and I was told uh, by people close to me just to ignore it. Um, Now you said like like your mother or like your, your... yeah, and uh, people at church. And uh, so they didn't. Add. So your mother or, or your parents or whoever this is uh, didn't ever have any sort of beliefs like you have. Like where? Oh, they do. They do, uh, and they would choose to ignore it as well. 
and not feed it, not give it attention. But I went the exact opposite out of rebellion, I guess. You're like, give it to me. <laughs> yeah, Ghostbusters in our era didn't help either, I'm sure. Ghostbusters did not help. I mean, it, it, it's a great <laughs> film, but it did not help to um, push that fire down, I guess. So what I kept encountering was a loved one that had died and died under mysterious circumstances, we were told, just from old age, but it was something more depression-related. Okay. And I kept seeing them around the time of the anniversary of their death, uh, not in a peaceful manner, but in a, in a manner of anguish and despair reaching out to me. It was freaking me out as a five-year-old, as a six-year-old, seven-year-old. This went on until I was about 11 or 12. Around the same week that they died, I would keep seeing them in and around the property that belonged to them. And would they come up to you specifically because they knew that you could you would acknowledge them? Yeah. Whoa. They wouldn't speak. It's almost as if they couldn't speak. But I got a sense of despair and, and want and longing from them. Some They needed help for something. So at the age of 12, it just dawned on me because it works for me in my area. And those around me believe and acknowledge Jesus as a Savior. So it worked for us, mm-hmm. per se, religion-wise. And I prayed to God, take them wherever they need to go. They need you. They need to pass over. They need redemption, something. Save this soul. And the sighting stopped. I never saw this person again anymore in that state of being after that prayer was said. And it just, it's almost like a light went off that I'm supposed to do that. Uh, This is what I need to do. And it just only became... I guess it's um, you're like a walking Ouija board, like a spiritual I'm gift afraid. almost. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. Um, have you ever heard of uh, Moonville Tunnel? I have. Have you been out there? Uh, a few times I've been out there. What's yes. this, what is it? What is, is the it special a, nature is it a of tunnel? this? Tunnel. There was uh, a train derailment that caused um, a lot of deaths, mainly the people on the train and a few cars near and there. Um, there was a road at one time that went through the tunnel, and the train went over the tunnel. And the derailment caused a couple of cars to get smashed and people on the train to die. One of those being um, a light man, uh, the lantern man. And people will see him to this day walking through in and out the tunnel with the lantern. Oh, my God. No head. That's so crazy. No head, huh? No head. See, people are, people are starting to go to these places right now in the month of October. Mm-hmm. They they want these real experiences. They they do. They're already texting in. Have you been to the Moonville? We went a couple of weekends ago at midnight. There's a bunch of crazy stuff happening. They want you to get out there. <laughs> Uh, there, there's a lot of weird stuff happening. Uh, unfortunately, when you get a large group of people, with our bodies, the human body is 70-something percent water. So there's natural current flowing in and out of us all the time. And when you mix cell phone uh, waves, microwaves, satellite waves, and radio waves in an environment bouncing around in and out of people, and then a large group of people together, it cre- creates a shift in the environment. So a lot of those things can manifest as a result of our own conduction, because we're walking batteries, essentially. And we know what the full moon does to the currents of the ocean and the shifting of the waves. Um, It gets more intense, it swells, it spills out more, and science has acknowledged that it does, it works, it wreaks havoc on our bodies as well. And especially if you have more water on your brain, it, it can make you act out as a result of it. So you want to stay dehydrated as possible around the full moon. During the full moon. Don't <laughs> overdo it on drinks, kids. That's that's good advice, man. 
Yes, Thick Rick. Okay, so we've gotten a lot of texts about this place. I grew up in Grove City, and just south of that is Darbydale, where the Little Pennsylvania Cemetery is, better known as Wooly Burger Cemetery. <laughs> Been there many times, a lot of friends after partying and... Oh, really? Was, was that like a thing? Like, we're going oh, yeah, over to yeah, Wooly Burger. Gonna, let's go see if we can, you know, survive Wooly Burger Cemetery. Was it know? during the uh, day of the Satanic Panic where everybody thought they were a Satanist when they went to a this cemetery? This would have been the late 80s. Wait, people yeah. went there and they thought they were Satanists for going there? Oh, all the time. Anytime people in the 80s and early 90s would go um, to cemeteries in a large group, they're like, oh, they must be Satanists. Yeah. They're going up there to kill a cat. But right, that right. happened all the time in the 80s. You well, play... You know, you play uh, Stairway to Heaven backwards, right, and it says right. Sweet Satan. It yes. uh, doesn't Here's really, but it sounds like it. <laughs> yeah. So what do you know about Willie Burger? Anything? I honestly, I know nothing about Willie Burger. They said as the Willie Butcher House stood for many years on London Groveport Road. Is that connected to Willie Burger? I, I think it is. Oh. And now it won't go to the page. <laughs> I'm like, oh my God. Are yeah. there any places that you haven't been to in central Ohio that you want to get into? Oh, there's a well, Wooly Burger now, for yeah. sure. Yeah, you need to uh, check that out. I would like to get back into the Mansfield Reformatory, because I was actually banned from that location for a very long time. How do you get banned? <laughs> it was I was in high school, and I, I went with a few friends during the Halloween season. Yeah. When they started opening it up to, for tours, okay. just for fun, and I'm the reason there's a velvet rope around Old Sparky. Uh, the so the what, electric what, chair. What'd you do? You jumped on it? I thought it would be funny to have a picture taken of me sitting in the electric chair. And mm -hmm. the sensation I felt when I sat in that chair will stay with me forever. No. It, it was, no, it was grotesque. It, it was vile. It, it's like I sat in the lap of Satan itself. It was... Wait, so tell me. Like, so, so you walked up and you sat down. Do, mm -hmm. do, are there signs that say, do not sit down? Yes. <laughs> okay. So no, I'm just curious. Like, So there was no rope. No, there yeah. was no rope at that and time. So, but it, just the sign says, don't sit down, but you're like, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I would I, sit down, too. I'm like, you know, days of Nirvana and Soundgarden, and you're know, going to break my rusted cage and run. I'm all up in that, <laughs> so I sat down in it, and uh, I got uh, uh, sent outside, and my group got to go through the rest of the tour, but I wasn't allowed back in. And I don't even know if they have old Sparky on display anymore. I have no idea, but at the time following that, they put up the velvet rope. That's interesting. So, I mean... Potentially, you could get back. I think we could help get you back up. Oh, there. I'm sure you I know. could. Yeah, sneak in. You know, I'm sure I could. Grow a beard. You know, well, right now they have a haunted house, house going on, so I'm sure that they'll let you come back in. <laughs> and and uh, you know, my wife is hesitant about me going into uh, prisons uh, to do investigations. Insane asylums are a different case altogether. Well, because the darkest and most violent of human beings are sent to those places, which when they are in a prison, they only become more violent and angry and resentful sure. unless they decide to turn their life around through re rehabilitation. But the same negative, angry energy that is in those people when they're put in to yeah. the system and then they die there is then released in sort of like Imprinted. bonds to the location. So you're walking into um, someone's place. nightmare, essentially. Yeah. That's a great way to describe it. There's a there's a golf course in Louisiana, downtown in like New Orleans, where these two women were finishing the 18th hole and they got shot and killed. Just and they said that people will call the police because they'll hear it play out over and over, over and over again. And the police are like, nothing's happening. That's so weird. It's, they will play out. They'll New hear. Orleans has to be one of Absolutely. the best places to go. I have never been paranormal to New Orleans. Activity. Unbelievable. I would love to tour the so uh, many ghost tours down there. You could yeah. start with my grandma. And they have that, and they have uh, well, her, yeah, they, they have the uh, the above ground cemetery tours. But her grandmother does this thing like where 
She controls a table. Well, instead of like a Ouija board, they use a table or a chair. Almost like a seance. But she no, is no, not no. It's like A, it. B, C. Every time the, the chair dips back, they use A, B, C. And it'll stop on a letter. Oh, and then it'll start over. I'm real skeptical, and yeah. I've seen this thing move. And Growing she's not up, touching it. we would do it. And we, we wouldn't do it in our houses. We would do it when we'd be on like vacation. You'd go to stuff. hotels and Just do swear. it. <laughs> we would, we'd be on vacations and stuff like that. And then Grandmama would get the table. Yeah, because they're really weird about not doing it in houses that you live in. You know, you don't want to yeah. bring anybody Absolutely. in that you don't want to that's why stay I, permanently. That's why I travel with kosher salt and holy water. I gargle with it. Is that right? No, I don't. I'm joking. But <laughs> no, I, I'm like, like, oh I can't tell. I, was I, like, I, I actually do travel well, you do with, have a briefcase. with holy like, water. So. Okay. It's like money in the bank. I thought you were a WWE wrestler. So you do have one of those, like... Uh, Oh, that's like, so you he's got a crucifix, crucifix in this things. cross. This is actually... Um, I'm going to take an Instagram video from, so people can uh, see. Croatia. This crucifix is from Croatia. Now, why is that of significance? Like, uh, that is actually where my in-laws came from. Oh. I, I married into a group of Croatians, Italians, and... Uh, you related to, to my... Stipe Miocic up in uh, Cleveland, the Watch former heavyweight champion no, of the world? No, I'm not, actually. Yeah, I, right. I am not. Uh, I am, however, part Irish-Scottish. Okay. For the longest time, I was told I'm part uh, Cherokee, but I took the Ancestry DNA test. Hey, me too. <laughs> Meet Loper, who has I the had same... a psychic told me that I was... No. It's not Tecumseh, direct okay. relation to Tecumseh. That was your past yeah. life. Not... I was told Pocahontas for me. It was what, Randy? This is great. It was my past life, which wouldn't mean you'd have the same DNA. Whatever. I took my ancestry, life. and guess what? No one is whiter than this guy. Yeah. The I problem no is we idea. got my skin. I'm not white. <laughs> What's that? We got whitewashed. I know. Um, our great. parents would be like 8 to 6%, which, you know, they can get a card for that and yeah. certain benefits, but then when they have us, it's just like, oh, you're white now. So. Yeah. If I had any sort of native relatives, they were all whores because, I mean, it all became so white. It was ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, just terrible. Uh, Truck and Dan said, I went to the lowest cell area at the lowest level. In Mansfield Prison. And he didn't see anything, but he felt something to the point where he said he's never going back in Capital Levitors. <laughs> never going back. Man, this has been uh, absolutely thrilling. <laughs> and Neil Parks, we're going to have you back in before Halloween. Great to meet you, my friend. I know you listen to, to the yes. show, and it's uh, always great I, to have people in. That I know walk. I dress like I listen to WNCI, but I love you guys. So. <laughs> well, thank okay. you. Yeah, you said you listen right. every day. Yeah, it's so good to see you, and uh, say hi to everybody back in Chillicothe for us. And we're going to have you back in before the 31st. And if there's any questions that people have uh, for him, you uh, you can email me at loper at theblitz.com, and the book is available on Amazon, right? That's correct. It is. And it's called? Haunted Enough, Terrifying Tales to Tell Your Friends. All right, ladies and gentlemen, Neil Parks. Thanks, man. Good night. Available to order now, my first audio book, Neil Parks Presents Truly Terrifying Tales, narrated by me. It's ready to order and download on bandcamp.com. My other books, of course, are always available to order on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and Lulu.com. You can also order t-shirts that I designed that I normally sell at conventions, festivals, lectures, and my book signings. I always have the 9-inch tall 3D printed Bigfoot silhouettes available, and last spring my first children's book was released. It was written by my good friend and fellow author R.L. Walker. I illustrated this book, and it was a major shift in gears for me considering that my writing and art style has always been dark and scary. Oh, sick. We're talking to Neil Parks. He just haunted us with his presence. And you brought us a present. You brought us Haunted Holidays. 
just in time for the holidays. Welcome back to the show, man. Thank you so much for having me back. Yeah, it's good to see you pull that real close. To I you, keep huh? forgetting about the microphone thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's just a little part of the job. A little hindrance there. So, uh, how you been? Oh, I've been terrific. A um, little overworked and underappreciated, but that's just life. So our son blew through your book, man. He, he was all about it. Oh, that's great to hear. I, yeah. I love entertaining kids in that avenue. What book was that? Uh, Haunted Enough. Enough. Okay, yeah. He loved that one. So this one is different. So how many books do you have? I have four. Sweet. And so this time, uh, Randy uh, had some specific questions for you. And, I do. Uh, namely, one of the places uh, here locally. All right. So have you heard of the Red Brick Tavern? A Red Brick Tavern, I have heard of that, Yes. Uh, that was one that I was uh, looking into and researching just recently after we had our first show together. Uh, really interested in checking that one out. Okay, uh, so here is the cool part about it. It was built in 1836, so it is incredibly old. It was a tavern. It was a school. It was a private house. And now it is a restaurant. It is a restaurant that has seen six different presidents roll through that restaurant. And they have a steak. Their signature dish is a steak named after the six presidents that have visited. John Quincy Adams, Martin Van Buren, William Henry Harrison, uh, John Tyler, Zachary Taylor, and Warren G. G. Harding. Harding. Yeah, all of them have been there. Upstairs. Uh, imagine uh, ordering that. I mean, if you're I like a new waiter and you don't have the thing to write everything down, you got to remember the presidents in order. And then when you're with someone else, you'd be like, well, I'll take what he's having. Hopefully, you don't have to order all the presidents. Hopefully, it's just like, I'll take the six steak, right? The <laughs> so six what kind presidents. Of, what kind of presents is spelt in there? I'm sorry? Like, what kind of presents oh. is spelt in the restaurant? Once again, the microphone thing. Uh, there's supposedly a female ghost in the upstairs area, from what I've uh, been told and from what I've gathered myself by there's reading like a about patron? the um, I, I think uh, when it was the school, she used to work there. Okay, I see. So she committed suicide. That's the rumor. Yeah, it was over a lover. A lover, like, backstabbed her or something, a lover's quarrel. And so she committed suicide. And before she committed suicide, she embroidered, like, a little piece of art that said, Remember Me. Mm-hmm. And she hasn't left. And she's in the upstairs part of the restaurant. So if you go and order a steak, I want to go for the steak, to be honest. <laughs> I'm like, man, there's a steak named after six presidents. It's it's 18 minutes from right here, but it's in uh, London, Ohio, mm-hmm. on Cumberland Street, Red Brick Tavern. I don't know if anyone listening has been there. But uh, they said that you can see her looking out of the upstairs windows, not the downstairs one, but the upstairs yes, windows. And people underneath the restaurant, like they're on the first floor, they hear the footsteps walking around above them. Mm-hmm. If no one's up there, like the cleaning staff, they know they've already cleaned the front, the top, I mean. They'll come down the finish and they hear them. And they say you can tell the difference between the footsteps because normally if Why? it's a man, uh, a male figure, whether it be alive or um, metaphysical, you, you get a heavier sound, more of a thud, but you can tell a, fe- a delicate female step in comparison from what they've said. Like gl- so you, you she know glides. it's lightweight. <laughs> wow. And, I- and the suicide story is funny considering that, not that it's funny to commit suicide, but the, um, what is the other one? The elevator, sort of the yes. same story. Uh, suicide, uh, I mean murder by um, uh, a lover's quarrel and... It allegedly happened in the winter, which is why footsteps keep showing up in the snow around the elevator itself. Not the elevator shaft, but the bar and grill. And this is the short north right here. Yeah. The elevator brewery and draught house. And even if you go to you know their website, they talk about it. They said uh, ghosts and spirits, they surround this historic building. I guess it was built in 1897 by the Bott family to house the Bott Brothers Billiards and Gentlemen's Saloon. And during this, they built... 
a Philippine, a hand-split Philippine mahogany bar. And it was so beautiful that it won an 1893 World Columbian Exposition in Chicago. Oh, I like a see war. This bar. Isn't that crazy? It's right yeah, here in really the short cool. north. This bar is supposed to be exquisite. And um, it's haunted. Haunted AF. All right? <laughs> there, there are snow prints, like you said, leaving the bar when it's a fresh snow. Mm-hmm. So when it's a fresh snow. But how would you know unless it was closed? You know what I mean? You'd have to be there at the right time and be like, no one's been here or locked up in a few hours. And there are fresh prints. And they kind of go to nowhere at that point. They show up and it doesn't yeah. continue on. Oh, wow. So somebody uh, was texting in that I guess they're a hairdresser. And they were saying that the owner, the red brick, comes in to get their hair done. And they say that uh, he has seen the little girl. Oh, the red brick. Oh, yeah. yeah the girl who. <laughs> yeah. That's kind of scary. That is scary. I why, are, why, why are kid ghosts scarier than yeah. <laughs> what appears to be an adult ghost? I mean, that is a serious question for you. Well, as, as psychologically, it would be more disturbing to see a child ghost because you think of them as being innocent and automatically passing on yeah. to uh, the next realm without any question. But Like the two little shining girls. Yes, hand in hand. <laughs> yeah, what is it? As you like, amp why up would the they kids, be trapped in there? Yeah, the more kids and the more they hold yes. hands and wear the same thing, the more... Mm-hmm. Why like is it that... On the feel, Rosie. Yeah, I feel that fight or flights scenario happening. Yes. I'm like, man, I might have to fight two little girls. This is going to look <laughs> terrible if I'm wrong. And then there's the the whole legend uh, that started in Native American times. Yeah. With oh my god, I love your cup by the way. Um, I think it says it has actually. Uh, it's like my coffee cup, and it says "Get in, loser," and it's a UFO. <laughs> <laughs> it started in the Native American times where uh, black-eyed children would come up, and yes. they're not. Oh yeah, what is that? Representative about? of a human spirit. They're, they're a hostile entity, and they take the form of a child to gain your trust. And once they enter your domicile, they wreak havoc. Now, they don't, like, they don't possess you. They just scratch at you, or they'll knock things over. They'll show up in your mirror. They cause it to break. They it's knock, like an urban legend. Yeah. yeah. Very, very much an urban wow. legend. But it, it stretches back hundreds and hundreds of years. It's not just something that popped up since the dawn of the Internet. So, yeah, like paranormal creatures that resemble children between the ages of 6 and 16 with oh. pale skin and black eyes. Oh. Yeah. Why do you have to be so damn scary? Oh, and they're always <laughs> hitchhiking or panhandling? Oh, yeah. Like a dark night. You're they going, come to your door. And zero bro. kids should be out by themselves at that time. Yeah, yeah like who's hitchhiking? Like, <laughs> a not demon a child. Of people, man. Demon child. If you go back to the elevator, which is in the short north, um, the clock remains at 10.05, and no one, no one changes it. It just changed hands many times, but they keep the clock the same because that's when the clock stopped when the colonel died at 10.05 inside that bar. And so it, it's an infamous clock that isn't that they don't change that's that pretty wild bold statement he was stabbed outside the bar by an ex-lover all right we mm. do have a lot of texts coming in we're going to get to these uh neil is in the studio once again things that go bump in the night some things you can explain some you cannot and when you cannot neil perks <laughs> up and gets real excited man you, you are an author of four books you that's, said right yeah four books that's all right yes and uh, the latest book is called uh, the latest one is called Haunted Enough, with a question mark at the end, kind of a, a play on a title. Uh, the one I just handed to you today, I autographed as well as a special thank you. Um, it's Haunted Holidays, which I wrote in 2012, and it received a literary award in 2014. Right, dude. And uh, also has won um, accolades and uh, paranormal awards, uh, one of which was in New England. Uh, oh, wow. I, I got a nice little trophy for that. It's on the back of the book. 
And when you see my picture, it's a major cheese oh, cheese yeah. image with the trophy. I see that cheese. <laughs> Cheesing it up. All right, cool. Well, uh, we do have some people that are texting in, Randy. Did, did you want to read some texts? Um, yeah. We, we had a guy, I'm sorry, um, I believe it's a guy, uh, that texted in and said that they were out, felt somebody following them, looked back, and it was a half-faced figure, and they got a picture of this said figure sitting in a car. Like what? What kind of what kind of ghost is that, or so to speak? What what kind of paranormal activity would you experience with something like that? A half-faced figure. I I would like to know more about what this figure was wearing. Was it uh, the traditional black garb with a black tie, and it could be potentially a man in black, uh, or it could be like, some- like Will Smith. Men in Black? <laughs> Got the Men in Black. Not the Hollywood version, no. The, this is the version in the early days of uh, UFOlogy when uh, the dawn of UFO sightings were popping up. People were talking about it, Roswell incident and so forth. They were talking about it and showing up in droves, and all of these men in government vehicles, normally black Lincoln town cars, would show up dressed in black suits, fedora hats, and they would be kind of odd looking almost like plastic skin gray skin pale and they would intimidate the people who were uh the ones claiming to have cited these things and would um tell them not to talk about it they would pressure them they would threaten them and then intimidate them and then just disappear as quickly as they showed up man what do you want everybody think you're crazy (laughs) talking about men in the black and the dark we have sarah online too she said she has a haunting uh I want to say at Blockbuster, which used to Uh-oh. work there. It's not now, obviously. Wait a minute. shut down. Do you have That's a haunting at Blockbuster? Yes. Oh uh, there goodness. was a haunted Blockbuster that I used to work at back in the uh, the early 2000s. You said it's Wilson and... Uh, Wilson and uh, West Broad Street. What if it's just a really good employee that's just waiting for like one movie to come back? And <laughs> they're just not going to leave until you get it back. What would happen? Well, um... Well, back in the day, I mean, this would have been like in 2002, 2003, um, we would see faces in the uh, the plate glass window, and no matter how many times we would wash it inside or out, the face never disappeared. Uh, the uh, what? security walls that would tell when people were shoplifting, those would go off at random times when nobody else except for staff would be in the building. Um, there was one instance where I was back in the one of the back storerooms breaking down VHS boxes, which that tells you again how old it is. Um, that, Be kind uh, rewind. I went back into the uh, the main part of the store, and then when I went back, uh, the boxes were strewn everywhere. Everything that I had just boxed up. Uh, had been completely oh tossed all over the room. See, I wouldn't even know if I had ghosts because I have so many kids. They mess up everything, so I'm like... It's like we have ghosts anyway. Yeah. What is that Blockbuster now? Uh, it's a mattress store now. I wonder it's if they've experienced the, uh, it. Number one Euro shop. Wow. No. So two businesses took place in that now. Well, you know what um, was there before? Uh, when you worked there, do you have any idea what was there before it was a Blockbuster? I have no idea what it was before it was a Blockbuster. Uh, I mean, that strip mall's been there since I was a small child, so... Okay, so it's in a strip mall. It's not a standalone. Yeah, yeah. there's a little uh, strip building. It's right across the street from the uh, the Kroger's and McDonald's over on uh, Saldano Boulevard. God, I'd love to know more about... I would, too, right? Yeah. I'm like, let's go get the mattress shop. 
Let's get the schematics layouts <laughs> yeah, of, of what the when, property was. Um, when the store actually closed down, I kind of went back to pay my respects, and the face was gone. Oh, wow. Hmm. That is yeah. crazy. I mean, we, we had joked around and, and kind of given it a name. We named him uh, Phantom Dennis. What if it was like the ring and it followed a movie? So wherever this movie, whoever bought the movie, it went with it. Ooh. That would have been trippy. Like the ring, <laughs> like an attachment to a returned video from yeah. someone else. Yeah, like yeah, it got caught in there. Hey, thank you so much for your call. Thank you. You guys have a great day. All right, yeah, you too, Neil. Now you're going to come back one more time, right? Before the whole Halloween spectacular. So if people want to uh, get their crap, their questions ready, is it uh, what a the week after next. Uh, it'll be the 30th if you'll still have me. Yeah, well, I'm just trying to think because we have so many weeks in October. It's like just yeah. when you think, hey, it's just two weeks until So many Halloween. more pay periods. Yeah. I know. I know. It's yeah. just <laughs> raking in the cash in October. I just we, never want it to end. We should have like an event because every listener has a story. Like Rachel, I had something cold grab my foot every night for three weeks, only three weeks, around 2.30 in the morning. Well, I think we, Randy, have there. gotten to ask a lot of questions the last, this time and, and the first time that he was in. I think yes. the next time we go full listener control, let them take over and like ask whatever they want. They can call in, they can text in. But if you want to email, uh, get your emails in, loper at theblitz.com, and we'll pass them along when uh, Neil is here next. If they want to follow you on social media and like you know buy your book and get on your website and kind of check out what you're doing and where you may be around town how do they find you oh well uh, you can get on to facebook and look up uh, neil parks uh, award-winning author you can also look up parks paranormal uh, that is the the team name that i work under because uh, uh, i'm such an egomaniac that's why i have parks in that as well <laughs> and i have a facebook page for each one of my books so th- those are the best ways to reach me and our son Jaden absolutely loved the book man i mean you know he uh, how haunted he just uh, he thought that was fantastic. So when we take this one home today, he's going to be pleasantly surprised, sir. I'm glad to hear that I brought some uh, Christmas joy to him early in the year. Yeah, man. He's spreading <laughs> the word around uh, the high school, so people at Jerome are going to know all about you, man. You're you be- need to meet up with half these listeners because you could write another book. I'm telling <laughs> yeah. you, these things coming in right now, I'm, I'm lucky I get to read all of them. Thank you. <laughs> it is cool. Roswell, UFOs, flying saucers, alien abduction. Are we alone? Information regarding this and many other questions about the unknown are only a click away at www.theufostore.com. Theufostore.com offers hundreds of DVDs about UFOs, aliens, crop circles, conspiracies, Bigfoot, suppressed science, ancient mysteries. Log on to www.theufostore.com and request a free UFO store catalog. Theufostore.com, the largest selection of UFO products on the Internet. Cigarette. Oh, yes. Ladies and gentlemen, it is Loper and Randy in the morning, and it's time to get Halloween. Very, very Halloween. If you've ever felt something in your presence, whether it's at your home or a place that you've visited, the guy that we have in the studio, Neil Parks, is the person you want to talk to. What's up, man? I'm great. I finally remembered to put the mic up to my face. There you go. I'm holding it. It's important for the radio show. How are you? I'm great. It's really good to have you back on. This will be the third time you're on this month, and every time we have you, the interest grows, and here we are on Hallow's Eve. Now, can you tell me anything from your expertise? Is there anything 
that you know of? Are the gates a little looser in hell on this night than usual? Well, scientifically speaking, uh, the Earth at this point of the season uh, turns its axis. So the gravitational pull becomes stronger, more intense. And as you notice, the uh, weather patterns are, are getting more intense and the wind is, is howling a bit more and getting stronger. In fact, I've had to... Uh, Reestablish and strengthen my cemetery scene I have in my front yard for Halloween. <laughs> yes. So I'm constantly chasing styrofoam uh, <laughs> tombstones. Yeah, tombstones because of the wind. <laughs> so, yeah, those are normal weather patterns, but it's all attributed to this season specifically. It gets colder, uh, the energy gets more high, the magnetism gets stronger, and theoretically things can manifest easier and can utilize that energy. Uh, to bring itself forth, or if you're trying to invoke something, which I highly advise against, um, <laughs> it it happens a lot easier. How do you invoke something? Like uh, just just so I know, you know, so Ouija board. Ouija board. I don't do it on yeah. accident. Is that the only way? Uh, prayer. Seance. The wrong prayer. <laughs> uh, the wrong prayer. Very good. Yes. <laughs> the wrong prayer. Like, the wrong. Well, maybe we need to clarify because. Pray to Satan. We were watching the show on Netflix. It's people who tell us their tell you their real life ghost stories, and they're telling their family for the first time. They might be forty five years old, and they've been living with this this entire time. And they're it's almost like an intervention, but it's for them to tell their story to their children and to their wife and to their their brother. Yeah. They're sitting around like in a circle, like AA style. Who lived yeah. in the house with him when this was going on? And uh, it is so intriguing. Right, so it is called. Wow, let's see here. Awesome. Haunted. That's okay. it. it's just called haunted. So this one brother was a drug addict or whatever. But when he lived in the mother's basement, he was conjuring up demons because he was bored and he, you know, and all this. Hey, stuff. what are you doing down there? Conjuring up some demons? <laughs> yeah, he lived yeah, with his mother. Bored? His mother was up top, and he was got the basement. And he was just like up to no good. So he moved out, and then his sister and the niece fell into hard times and had to move in. So the mother's like moving to the basement. Well, ever since that guy conjured up these things, a little girl would see the most insane stuff, and the mother wouldn't believe her. And I mean, it's, that's like what's really got yeah. my heart this holiday season. Is not Halloween. Yes. It's like the people that claim to have seen things and kids, and then their parents don't believe them. Yeah, that irritates me when that happens. Go, man. I always tell my kids, if you think you've seen a UFO, or if you're out hiking and you think you you saw Bigfoot, don't hesitate to tell me. Of all people, <laughs> I feel like you're a little know. too excited about it. You're yeah. like, definitely oh. call dad. If you see yeah. Bigfoot, that was meant for me. You're like, you, you, call you, dad. you will get in trouble if you hide that info. I need to know that info. They get so mad about that. I'm dropping them off. I think so like, no, if you see Bigfoot, yeah. you be sure to call me, okay, honey? <laughs> if he like, shows dad, up this what? time. That, okay, so this guy said, I got a story for you. When I was younger, before I was even in kindergarten, garden my mom would drop me and my sister off and our grandparents were babysitting our aunt would babysit us well one morning i was laying there trying to go back to sleep as my aunt went to uh the restroom and i looked at the door and all of a sudden a dark humanoid shadow walked into the doorway and looked at me with red glowing eyes for a couple seconds and it walked toward the restroom Whoa. i've never seen it again and i'm 26 years old and i know i saw it humanoid was it bobby the brain human <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I mean, like, are you kidding me? That red glowing eyes? A little trans-dimensional, if if you're at all familiar with... um, A little trans-dimensional? Trans-dimensional beings. Almost, uh, some people think, in theory, that they are beings from an alternate timeline, similar to ours, and little windows appear every now and then, and allow either us to go into an alternate reality or those beings from that world to cross over into ours. Not necessarily a ghost or an alien, but just... Kind of like a waffle. You you 
cut the holes out of a waffle, you see a perfect square. Yeah. You got a multitude of perfect squares. You place it on top of another waffle, and you can cut those tiny squares out. You do it layer after layer, and those represent it's dimensions layers of time. and worlds wow. and time. Because time is a constant. And much like a lot of ghost sightings relate to things that have imprinted themselves on that timeline and continually play out. So in theory, the waffle effect is what I call it. You can look through multiple squares that go deeper and deeper, and it's essentially an alternate representation of the world you exist in. So it's like a yeah, it's like the upside subjective down world, and objective Precisely. reality almost. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Popcorn Pam, uh, we love her. She's like, I have a, I feel like I have a portal open at my new house. I just <laughs> moved in. Better close up that portal, I Pam. A, I, I mean, need, what are you doing? She said, I need a medium <laughs> to help me close this. Hey, who's leaving a portal wide open, guys? <laughs> Were you born in a barn? Yeah, I mean, the portal is intense. I mean, so, like, do you believe in stuff like that, Neil? I, I uh, certainly do believe in, in things do. of that sort. Okay. Uh, a portal might be just be a waffle hole, right? Yeah, it could be an open uh, waffle right. hole. That open. explains it. <laughs> <laughs> and those things we have no control over, uh, much like the Bermuda Triangle is a prime example. There's high levels of magnetism in that area. And a lot of theologians and uh, people like uh, Greek philosopher Homer, who wrote the Iliad and the Odyssey. Um, he was blind, mind you, so this was before the written word. This was everything was retold by these people of ancient times before they even knew how to write. It was all Sanskrit. So he was retelling stories as a blind child before he lost his sight, seeing an island that he described as what we now know as Atlantis. And theoretically, that was just a giant island of highly technologically advanced people that got their intellect from God knows what, but they had what was known allegedly as a weather magnet, similar to what we now know today as the HARP project, H-A-A-R-P, weather-controlled manipulation, creating patterns. And this um, weather magnet they had would control the seasons, and they basically would... um, use it to harness the energy from the sun and it would create uh, like a lunar eclipse when things like that naturally weren't supposed to be happening so they kind of collapsed in on themselves and that magnet has sunk to the bottom of the ocean and has created all of these weird anomalies in the Bermuda Triangle. That's interesting. Theoretically. Theoretically, okay. (laughs) Alright, so uh, we do have more texts. So what do we have here? Yeah, okay, this this happens to me. I wake up every morning at 3 a.m. Uh-oh. But now it doesn't happen to me. That was It happens in periods of time. It'll be like for three weeks, or it'll be two weeks, and it won't happen again for months. But this person wrote in that said it's happening to them right now at 3 a.m., never fails. The other night I heard plain as day a voice that said, said, timing of your veils is now closing. Then the name Scott. I have no idea. There, there is something significant about um, awaking at 3 a.m. 3 o'clock. I remember it's from the, the witching hour. Yeah. And then Polly was suffering from that. That's what time Mackenzie goes, Mom, I don't want to go trick-or-treating when everyone else is going. I want to go at 3 o'clock. I go, no one is going to give you candy. Yes, we are going to listen to Slayer. I go, why would we do that? She goes, because that's when it's haunted. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm go at 3 that's not happening because that's school night. Well, if you remember Amityville Horror, yeah. um, that story, uh, the killings took place at 3 a.m. And then two years later, the, this family moved in, and that's what the movie's based on, them moving in and the things that happened to them. And the father kept waking up at 3 a.m., and he was hallucinating, seeing these weird things. I never hallucinate. I just, I just wake up, and I look at the clock, and it's like 2.59, 3.01. 
three o'clock. It's just, I'm like, that's weird. It shakes you up, yeah. yeah. I worked on the documentary for My Amityville Horror, which was uh, featuring the boy who grew up in the house, and he hated his stepfather. His stepfather was apparently a real SOB, and he said the best day of his life was laying that SOB to rest. So he said a lot of the things that were uh, brought up by his stepfather would probably be as a result of his negative energy brought into that house where those killings took place. So if anything paranormal happened, he attributes it to his stepfather, who was a despicable human being, abusive, um, just a, a real jerk, basically. So when going back a text or two here, uh, red glowing eyes, like one of our listeners yeah. said they experienced mm-hmm. that in one of the rooms that they were in. They were doing a laundry, and they opened the dryer door. It slammed shut, and then they saw red glowing eyes. <laughs> Have you heard of anything like this before? I have heard of people seeing shadow beings or shadow beings with half faces and or like what red kind of half eyes. faces. Like what? What? Like what's the other half? Like a human face? Kind of like they're Mist. in movement. Like it's not fully formed. They're just moving through and then they disappear, gotcha. which okay. I attribute to trans um, dimensionalism, yeah, right. waffleism. Waffleism. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. See, you know, you you have to accept that too. Or we're in the day and age where you have to accept all things and. Uh, or openly, uh, more so than we used to. Because uh, sh- TV shows and movies that are out uh, now make it more socially acceptable. So, I, like this forum we have right now, it's great to sit and talk openly about it. Uh, 20 years ago, that wouldn't have happened. So, what about the red glowing eyes? Does that represent anything of, to your knowledge? I mean, I is that like that's known dark. for anything? That, that be dark. to me, definitely represents negative energy, possibly a non-human spirit. Ooh, like what is that like? You're talking devil stuff? Uh, something that may have been here long before creation. Long before? Well, how is that possible? So it wouldn't have been part of creation? Well, if you um, go back to Genesis, uh, the world that we live in now was described as a hostile void, um, a very dark, hostile place. And the word hostile sticks out to me. Something dark or evil may have existed here long before we were brought in mm-hmm. or something that was cast out during the uprising with lucifer and his followers was cast down here which and that still never makes sense to me with the whole creation story why would he throw the worst of the worst in with us to lead us to sin so the darkness that was tossed out of heaven could be attributed to this as well because these creatures exist within the waffle theory that i have so do you believe in atlantis I believe that's completely possible. And you believe the Bible? Yes, I do. Interesting. All right. People are so running it. I, I was working at the clubhouse <laughs> and I went to go like clean up and when I got back into the into the room, the popcorn popper was moved to the center of the room. And she just is like, I work there, and it just freaks me out that this Freaking happened. everybody out. Now, Matt wrote in and said, Cindy Riggs is a great medium and clearing specialist. Riggs! Popcorn Pam, there you go. Cindy Riggs. Crystal Williams said, Pam, please get some sage and tell whatever it is to get out. <laughs> get out. Get we, on out of here. We definitely like to sage places yeah, when we move definitely. in. Oh, yeah. I love the smell of sage. Anyway. Right? It's a good thing to do. All right. So, uh, Neil, I'll let you uh, go ahead. You have the, uh, the list of questions here, so I'll let you run through these. Well, sure. Uh, I received a list of questions from the last show and one person sent a message asking if you have an email i can send a picture to screenshot a map and show you where it's at or a picture of evidence that i have so you can look at the image yeah you know what it's about those tunnels someone was saying underneath the old blockbuster that runs to target and it's in it's around here in columbus it's not the one in cincinnati oh okay right that's what it had to do with these tunnels underground tunnels yeah it's under the blockbuster and it connects to uh, business across the street as well 
And they're not sealed off like a lot of your tunnels that used to run under businesses uh, in the yesteryears, like in Chillicothe or in Waverly, even Portsmouth and various other towns. Uh, they've all been sealed off. A lot of them at one point were used for the Underground Railroad to move slaves in and out um, for either safe haven or for people that were stockpiling uh, human trafficking. That was early human trafficking, in my opinion, sure. uh, to keep them hidden so no one would know they had active slaves. Wow, that's, that's interesting. That's so crazy. We have an instance that came in over here that is pretty interesting. Ben said, got a question for Neil. So as a kid, I always saw two kinds of shadowy figures sitting on the end of my bed. At times, they would be peeking through the door. At other times, they would be sitting on my bed, like I said, never seem violent. I would talk to it. It looked like a child, maybe eight or nine. Oh, that's free. The other one, the other uh, thing I would see would be an adult, because I said I saw two. I always saw the child tried playing with me with toys and stuff they would move on their own i thought it was awesome fast forward to today my three oldest have said they see the same child and older figure ghost on their bed at night and they talk to him occasionally i see my older child or the older ghost over the two youngest at night my kids aren't scared of wait like standing over the kids yes (gasps) yes what is the reason? What is the reason these figures would follow me from my parents' house now that I'm an adult? Now, if you watch the show on Netflix that I was talking about, not the one that House on Haunted Hill, it's people that have these accounts like you're having been, and they're trying to tell their family about it. And it's the show. That's just called Haunted. Haunted. And one of them said that it followed them. You know, he said, you know, you would think that houses are haunted. Are people haunted too? People are most certainly haunted. They could be uh, a conductor and not even realize it. They could give off this energy, this aura that attracts uh, spirits that are trapped in uh, almost like a purgatory type state or in limbo. And the child itself that that person saw was attracted to their energy and their offspring must give off the same positive energy, the light per se. And they're attracted to that light and... They obviously never hurt the person when they were a child. Now they're, they are an adult, and their children are having the same experiences. So obviously there's nothing malicious to it. So, so let it go. Don't shut it out. Um, entertain it if it shows up. All right, interesting. Wow. I like that. What else do we have here on the list? Uh, we also have our old house was haunted by two spirits. We had a little girl that mimicked our youngest the name was Cheyenne, and a scary, angry male spirit. Shy would play with the little girl. She was very young. The man would scare my son, so I would have to burn sage all the time before he would go to bed. So the child is playing with yours and would mimic your child. Um, the word mimic sticks out for me. That's a little dangerous. Native American uh, lore will tell us that spirits that are not of human origin or darker spirits that... Uh, would um, come over when we were moving into the new world there was a darkness that came with us a lot of Native American lore would tell us not only did we bring sickness and smallpox and whatnot but we brought like this dark energy that disturbed their ancestors and it would release this uh, adverse effect almost like uh, kinetic energy of sorts and would manifest into something and a mimic is what they would refer to as that being it would mimic the person that they know and trust and they could be sitting right next to the person and they see a reflection of that same person walking towards them oh it's so weird that's usually not um that person of course and burning sage is a really good idea to to wipe that slate clean if if nothing bad happens as a result of the burning sage you calmed that energy if something if it intensifies or gets worse 
then you may need to uh, find a new avenue. Uh, Mary was the one that sent that. All right, so we got time for like one or two more. Uh, one or two more. Uh, this one's uh, this one stuck out. It's really clever. I was a kid in the '80s listening to records. Imagine records, and uh, when a shadow man peeked around my door, a shadow man, like I mentioned, transdimensional beings, yeah, yeah, shadow yeah, beings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I still think he's around. So much strange stuff happened to me ever since. And that was from Ed. Uh, he sent that on the uh, 16th uh, during our last show when I when I was on here. Um, uh, like I mentioned, the, the shadow beings, uh, they could be one of two things. It, it could be a representation of dark energy manifesting from something negative that happened. It could represent like an illness or something as simple as divorce. And the energy from that, from two living cells, uh, was released into the environment and created and manifested into a being of its of its own and not really a human spirit. So it's just traveling energy. And you could be the only representation of good and is curious as to why you're different from the other things that essentially created it, that being the negative energy let off from the sickness or from the divorce or from even something like filing for bankruptcy can create uh, upheaval in a family and mm -hmm. uh, a lot of feelings and energy gets released as a result of that. Uh, my dad's house uh, was a medical station in the Civil War, uh, Devin says, and there was uh, multiple times I would wake up to see men screaming and banging and I think one night I saw a figure crazy. that that was dressed in a Union soldier's uniform. I don't know if it was real or I was dreaming, but I remember it vividly. And I like remember I said, if someone was Devin. banging too, like these dudes down on my face. Well, most of those guys, of course, <laughs> the screaming would be a result of no um, pain being medicine, amputated, right? a leg or an arm, or they've got shrapnel oh. on their chest and they're slowly dying. And uh, that, of course, would cause anyone to scream to have uh, shrapnel in your chest. But that could be what Devin was hearing, just a replay of events that took place at that time, and it's in a constant loop. It's a residual haunting. It's that waffle effect. <laughs> All right, one last one over here, Lover. Right, okay, we gotta go to break. Question for Neil. When I was a child, I used to smell rotting or decaying flesh. My dad never could smell it. Only I can. Every once in a while, I still smell this. So whatever I do, I burn sage and ask the spirits to leave. Have you ever heard of this, Josh? Yeah, a rotting effect. Uh, there were a couple of restaurants I investigated. Uh, one of them I found that it was just uh, black mold, and uh, something to do with their water piping. Uh, the water would sit and congeal, and it would just give off this horrible smell of burning rot. Uh, now, the other restaurant, n not so much. The smell of burning rot was attributed to um, there was a dark coven that met in the basement of this restaurant when it was abandoned many years ago. And they were invoking spirits, uh, dark energy spirits, and one of which they essentially set up to... Um, monitor the place uh, kind of like their watcher demon uh -huh. and they would go and then they'd come back and do their practices and you know they were doing the the whole 80s satanic panic thing sacrificing cats and whatnot satanic panic, satanic <laughs> panic is ridiculous yeah and uh, doing god knows what else thinking that they're all dark and brooding and maybe they didn't really worship satan or they were just toying with something they didn't fully understand but it opened a, a doorway to something that they weren't prepared to handle so they abandoned the property and that demon or creature or dark energy force was left there from God knows where it was invoked, uh, whether it be hell or a hell dimension or a hell mouth or an alternate universe. And it smelled like rotting flesh. So this yeah. could be I, that, Josh. It could be its bad breath. Dude, thanks so much for coming in. Neil Parks, uh, they want to get you off the air, man. How do they, how do they get in touch with you? Uh, you can reach me through parksparanormal at gmail.com. That's P-A-R-K-S. 
paranormal at gmail.com and I have a YouTube channel oh, awesome. which is uh, Parks Paranormal and I, I do uh, a short blog called Paranormally Speaking. Sweet. If you want to get the two books that he has out right now with us, Paranormal Chronicles and then Haunted Chillicothe makes a great stocking stuffer. Yeah, that is pretty sick, Thank man. Uh, Neil's a super great guy from Chillicothe. And An award-winning you, author. Yeah, and if you love him, it's not going to be next Halloween, the next time that he's on the show. So we're going to figure out something and we'll get you back in here, my brother. That sounds great to me. Thank hey, you so much. Great to see you. Our new friend. Neil Parks. Imagine no longer being tied down to your computer, but having the freedom to take live talk radio with you anywhere you go. TalkStream Live introduces our first ever iPhone application. The talk shows you follow now follow you. And your iPhone is now the fastest and easiest way to stay connected to the best talk radio on the Internet. Listen to live talk shows 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Mobile talk radio from TalkStream Live. Now available in the iTunes App Store. We're out bumping the night. And some of the things that go bump in the night, our buddy Neil Parks from Circleville. Or, I'm sorry, from Chillicothe was here uh, just about a week ago. And in, over the last couple of years, he's, he's given us, like, the lowdown on some serious haunted areas and, and different mythological creatures that people are talking about. So, uh, by popular demand, I wanted to play a couple of these. And uh, here's Neil. Play cut two here, Rick. Uh, this is Neil telling a story about the Hillsborough mass murderer. Check this out. Well, there's allegedly a guy in uh, the Hillsborough area who was yeah. said to have killed 30-something people. And on his birthday every year, he reveals another victim. And that's what's keeping him out of solitary confinement. And allegedly, the sheriff's department in that area is keeping him in the jail itself, not in actual uh, populated prison. Because he's worked out a deal to where on his birthday he release, uh, releases the name of a new victim. And his property is said to be haunted by at least 17 victims. And he owned a uh, auto body shop, like a garage. And he was killing these people and burying them on the property of the garage and throughout different parts of, of the region. This supposedly happened in the 80s, and he's still alive. And they're keeping him in the county... Uh, the sheriff's jail sale, essentially the prison there, not within uh, the regular now? population currently. Yeah, that's the story I've heard. <laughs> I'd like. Can we call them and say, "Hey, is so and so there?" Because I'd like to interview? find out what's going on, man. <laughs> yeah, why is that guy not in prison? Yeah. <laughs> so that's the story of the Hillsborough mass murderer. Oh, okay. And this is our buddy Neil Parks. What'd you say, Rick? Cut three. One or three. Either one. All right, so this is uh, talking about the Moonville Tunnel here in Ohio. Check this out. Uh, the Moonville Tunnel. Uh, there are two places you can go in particular to get directions. I suggest getting directions to it online. It's a lot better. But there's one gas station. Uh, it's not open anymore, but back in the day when I would go there frequently, it was a Ma and Pa gas station that was very reminiscent of um, Captain Spaulding. Oh, you my there, gosh. So. Yeah. Really? Oh, Rest in peace, by you, the way. Yeah. Yeah, I miss it. And and uh, you'd get, get directions, and he'd be like, ah, oh, there's a rusted bus down to the right, and then you got to take a left at the old tree that's been burnt out, and there's a dead bird in there. It was kind of like, <laughs> get directions like that. Sure. But the legit gas station that is there and operates frequently, they give really good directions. In fact, they have uh, little maps there you can take for free, and it'll give you directions on how to get uh, to that area. I believe the name of the road starts with an R. God, I can't remember now. Uh, I never actually drove there myself. I always ride with people because I have terrible night vision. So uh, they normally drive at night. And 
when you go to this area, it's a tunnel that's been graffitied uh, out the wazoo. There's spray paint everywhere. Of course, people are putting um, spray paint and writing Hail Satan, but they spell it Satin. So, <laughs> Hail Satin, I, I, does I guess. does not have the same yeah, effect, not. guys. I like Satin. Yeah, yeah Hail Satin. Hail so, Satin, me too. It's so soft. <laughs> yeah. So, you've got that and all these inverted crosses, just people screwing around, and then you've got local folks saying, oh, Satanists are up there meeting, but that's not So, it's kind of like the Mothman thing. Yeah. In that's that area. Like a lot of local lore. Virginia. And there's a ghost of a lantern man that Ooh. walks up and down the tunnel who dies on the train track. He is said to be headless. Mm. Gotta He's have my lantern, headless man, headless. lantern man. All right, there you go. Neil Parks, one of our buddies that is a specialist when it comes to things that are all things paranormal in the state of Ohio and some mythological creatures when it comes to Bigfoot and things like that. We'll uh, hear from him uh, tomorrow. Talk about Bigfoot a little bit as we get closer and closer to Halloween. Next. Hello, kids and adults in the listening audience. I'm Neil Parks, award-winning author and paranormal expert. I'd like to wish all of you a very happy Halloween. You are listening to Big Bad Daddy Wolf's Halloween special on 96.6 The Wolf. If you'd like to learn more about me, then you need to get to Google and search at The Neil Parks or my bookstore website, which is www.lulu.com slash spotlight slash Neil Parks. Thanks. Dave Grohl says that the Foo Fighters recorded their upcoming album, their 10th album, isn't that neat, uh, in California, and it turns out the house is haunted. They can't even tell you about the house because a lady is trying to sell it. Huh. They said, we found out about the history of the house and I had to sign an effing non-disclosure agreement with the landlord because he's trying to sell it. So I can't give away what happened there, but they set up a baby monitor. Things did happen. They did How see cool things. How that? Um, their guitars would be detuned between sessions. All their settings on their soundboard would go back to zero. Their tracks would go missing. Some tracks didn't record while theirs would be there instead i guess like weird mic open noises okay like the yeah, yeah, yeah mic would just open and noises would be there sure when they walked into the house dave said i knew the vibes were definitely off but the sound was effing on he said <laughs> the, stuff. the vibes were off but the sound yes. was on he said stuff That's started happening awesome. almost right away and they got increasingly weirded out and that wild? Yeah, who would not? I mean, like that's yeah, that's really weird. I Once mean, like, this... you're recording, you're recording like one of the coolest albums that you can record. What your your tenth one, and then right. all of a sudden you're surrounded by a bunch of ghosts. <laughs> I love it. Once they sell that house, I bet we'll get more details. Well, yeah, you want to know ahead of time though that that's the house, right? Yes. Oh my god, I, it's kind of cool actually. Some people. Like, look for haunted houses. I, that's what I think, too. I think like eventually Parks, they could probably get more out of that house because that would be the place. Neil Parks would love that. Foo Fighters recorded there and it's haunted. Yep. He buys haunted items online. I'm like, oh, my gosh, you're you're begging curses to be inside well, your honest. home. Neil, you know, he, he wants to hang out with the ghosts pretty bad. He does. Yes, man. he does. <laughs> he has some books written right now. You can check them out uh, or you can buy them online. Neil Parks, look for him. He's local and it's all the local haunts around here. Chillicothe, you name it. He has been there and he's written about it. He's now playing one of the biggest podcasts of the week on the free iHeartRadio app. Now, number one for podcasting.
Ladies and gentlemen, this is a real treat with Halloween right around the corner. I'm already scared. I'm already scared. Uh, Randy's already speaking a different language. No, I. Or backwards. Isn't or that weird? Some sort of Satanistic. That's how scared tongue I was. my wife is going into. <laughs> uh, yes, Loper and Randy here with. Chillicothe's finest, Neil Parks. Yes, Neil. Who is a ghost hunter, who is a man of uh, Sasquatch. He just <laughs> wrote a book that came off, uh, or, I'm sorry, came out last Friday. It dropped in bookstores, I'm yes. sure online as well. What's it's up, Neil called, Parks? How are you doing again? I was going to tell you what it's called, Blood Alley Stories. Chillicothe makes a book and other creepy tales. <gasps> It's the uh, anthology series where all of us who were involved in the first Chillicothe Makes a Movie project, which was called Blood Alley, came together to write a book that will propel the second story in, in the universe, the sequel to the movie. How scary is Chillicothe? Pretty darn scary. Uh, you consider all the horrible news that has been out for a while now about Chillicothe being like the world's leading uh, ground zero for opiate crisis. This is a nice way to take that negative attention away from such a small, fine community and actually inject something artistic and beautiful into it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like scary ghosts. I mean, I don't think of that at all when I think of Chillicothe. I mean, all I can think about is Tecumseh, my friend. And speaking of Tecumseh, there's a uh, theater. The Tecumseh Theater's got a fully interactive Sleepy Hollow experience. I don't know if Ooh, you've heard about uh, that. Oh, no, I now, haven't. I'm from right down the road. Uh, I'm 23 from you. And where I'm from, we call it a holler. So I don't know if that's a Sleepy Holler. <laughs> well, the, yeah, the road I grew up on was called Bumtown Holler. Uh, it was because the train, wow. the trains uh, went through there at that point, and the hobos would hop on and off and That's set up cool. camp there. So it was called Bumtown Hollow, but that was in Pike County. Uh, with the Sleepy Hollow experience, it's uh, part outdoor drama, part dinner theater. Do they use the Tecumseh stage? Yes, they do. Oh, wow. Yeah, and you get to take part in the actual drama itself. It's kind of like a whodunit thing almost. But it's no Sleepy way. Hollow. That's crazy, like huh? The, Sleepy like, Hollow That's experience. like the Headless Horseman, dude, right? Yes. Yes, I love that. Oh, so that's perfect. So Ichabod. they roll up. With, yeah, so the horses have gigs in the Great. wintertime. I love right. it, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, look at this, Kelly. I mean, they're they really getting these horses working down there in Chillicothe. Yeah. You know, a lot of people say, hey, those, those, those Tecumseh horses are very lazy in the fall, winter, and spring. <laughs> Let's get them working. So what would I do if I wanted to go? Like, where do I look this up at? Like... Uh, you, you would just go to Google, look up Tecumseh Theater, Chillicothe, and you. it gives you all of the, the nitty-gritty bare bones to what you need I to like find. I'm doing it right I now. I think they should do more stuff Thank down you, there. Thank you, Neil. Oh, you're welcome. Uh, a few seasons ago, they did a uh, Shakespeare season. Really? Uh, they haven't done that since then, but uh, the, the new thing is the Sleepy Hollow experience. I'm still waiting for my starring role in whatever they need me. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's so funny? The most Google thing about it is Sleepy Hollow Tecumseh, so it sounds like he's going to star in it. But <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't that be a twist? Guess what who the twist. headless horseman is? <laughs> Friggin' Tecumseh. Guess who's back, guys? <laughs> I like it. So you have written a book about uh, new haunts here locally. In Chillicothe, In right? Chillicothe. Mm-hmm. Just in Chillicothe? Do you have any up in this this area, too? I haven't written in, about anything pertaining to Columbus as a whole. Yeah. Uh, the most recent book I wrote was released in 2018, and it wasn't just Chillicothe. It was focused on, it, it dealt with different parts of the world. Yeah, that's right. We talked about it last time. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's right. That's a terrific book. My son read that book. I read parts of that book. All right, so this book, down in Chillicothe, like, where are some of these haunted places? I don't, I don't oh. want to give away all the good juice. Well, but. there's the um, Cross Keys Tavern, there's the Guest House Bed and Breakfast. There's Wait, so the Cross Keys Tavern, where's mm-hmm. this at? That's on Main Street. Right on uh, Main Street. What makes it so haunted? Like, you walk in, do you feel it? 
the thing about so many old downtown properties is the fact that during the flu outbreak of 1918 in Chillicothe, mm. Camp Sherman was camp ground zero for that. So they ran out of room to store bodies of people and soldiers that were dying from this because they weren't properly quarantined. And the morgue ran out of room, so they were stockpiling bodies oh. in different properties Cross Keys being one of them, the Majestic Theater being another. Wow. Um, even some homes that people live in today were dropping points for bodies. And those people at that time weren't clinically dead. They were just thought to be dead because of a super low heart rate. I'm not so dead then, yet. Yeah, exactly. And then dead people <laughs> no would be stockpiled way. on top Did of them. Did you hear that ghost? <laughs> <laughs> that, that is insane. So these people thought to be dead. I mean, that's the real phrase, left for dead, right? Yeah. 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 Oh, I don't want to catch it. And so the the thought is there's some spirits that obviously aren't so happy about mm-hmm. being left for dead. Lober, you're, right. you're getting it. That's exactly what's it. happening. <laughs> but where are they in the bar? Like, where did you experience this? Uh, the Well, of course, traditionally, the basement. Uh, the basement yeah. of the bar itself, uh, there's a an entity that's referred to as Harold that dwells in this area and every time you go into the basement area uh, there's this extreme like thick energy that you walk through uh, kind of like the fog I drove through today to yeah. get here which I, I thought I was going to die seven times right. you could literally take a fork into the, the fog itself and it would stay put <laughs> it was that thick that's how the energy is in the basement so of this place. when you go into the basement are we talking about a door or like one of those doors that you grab and then you bring up sideways you pull it push it back almost like a dungeon from Game of Thrones of course you do yeah and what's awesome is the very back part of this basement area is walled up where it used to connect to a tunnel system that goes under the town I love it why is it why'd they block that off that's cool uh, because people going down there probably worshiping Satan allegedly or so what uh, wait what, what's the underground tunnel system uh, well they set it up uh, initially to put fires out from the ground up because Chillicothe had it suffered from a severe fire uh, issue with uh, buildings catching on fire in the late 1800s. So some of the properties that once had four stories now only have three. And they converted the very bottom story to the basement area to some of these places. And they elevated the ground up and put tunnels through. And they would flush water in to bring water from the ground up to put fires out initially. And then this was also said to be used for the Underground Railroad system. And over time, they decided to wall these sections off so people wouldn't get down there, get lost, get hurt. Wow. That is so interesting. I got all these badass tunnels. You're worried about me getting hurt and lost. (laughs) Like, look out, Jack. I'm trying to explore the tunnels, man. These look awesome. So uh, John Davis said he wanted to know if you had any stories about any haunt, uh, haunted serial killer stuff. He said his wife loves serial killers. In fact, she may kill him someday. But <laughs> okay, all right. Well, thanks, John. Danny. Well, there's allegedly a guy in uh, the Hillsboro area who was yeah. said to have killed 30-something people. And on his birthday every year, he reveals another victim. And that's what's keeping him out of solitary confinement. And allegedly, the sheriff's department in that area is keeping him in the jail itself, not an actual uh, populated prison. Because he's worked out a deal to where on his birthday, he releases the name of a new victim. And his property is said to be haunted by at least 17 victims. And he owned an auto body shop, like a garage. And he was killing these people and burying them on the property of the garage and throughout different parts of, of the region. Which was, you said Hillsboro? Hillsboro. Yeah, Hillsboro, wow. yeah. This supposedly happened in the 80s, and he's still alive, and they're keeping him 
in the county uh, the sheriff's jail cell, essentially the prison there, not within uh, the regular population currently. Yeah, that's the story I've heard. <laughs> I'd like. Can we call them and say, "Hey, is so and so there?" Because I'd like to find out what's going on, man. <laughs> yeah, why is that guy not in prison? Yeah. That's really strange. Now, down in Chile, of course, we're talking to Neil Parks, and people can find you online where? Uh, you can find me online. Of course, you can go through Google, Facebook, YouTube. Yeah. Uh, put in at the Neil Parks. And, of course, the at symbol, everyone should know that by now because it's attached to all emails. Right. <laughs> at the Neil Parks. You bring that up, and it'll give you a, a complete enclave of, of information about me. All good information, nothing bad. Awesome. I love this guy. <laughs> and, uh, you know, he's tremendous when it comes to the paranormal world. We'll take some questions from the audience if you guys have any and we're going to come back and talk more about haunted shalagatha down south (laughs) just on 23 you never knew how haunted chillicothe could be you thought you were just taking a trip down south right you thought you were just going to tecumseh or to uh uh, you can't even think of anything else you can't even think of anything else because at nine o'clock we roll off the sidewalks i'm sorry (laughs) the scioto county fairgrounds you don't know what's happening to you uh listen we're going to talk more about this the book is tremendous and uh neil is a, a local and he, he knows a lot about this stuff, man. I, I, I have some big Bigfoot questions, too. Oh, happy to answer. <laughs> I know you are. Look at my shirt. Yes. First, <laughs> I, I saw Matt's. Yes, he has Bigfoot on his shirt. Hey, in studio right now is a buddy of mine from Chillicothe, Ohio. It's Neil Parks, who is an expert in the paranormal world. What's up, man? Uh, hello again. Good to talk to you. Yeah, so <laughs> good to talk to you <laughs> as well, sir. So yeah, Neil, English is my second language. I apologize. You're all about you know this stuff. Like you know, we just went to Carnage this past weekend, which you, you already said you definitely want to do that. Yeah, I do. I there's a lot of haunted attractions I've yet to check out, but I do thoroughly enjoy them. So you like the theatric haunts, and then the actual what you do professionally, so yeah, to speak. I certainly the, do. Uh, real haunts. That is Air correct. Quotes. Yeah. Air quotes. <laughs> ghost quotes, yeah. yeah. ghost quotes. So uh, now the new book is, is called what? And it's all about uh, different oh. haunts in Chillicothe. Well, you were talking about um, Walking Dead before this segment. Yes. And a movie I worked on a couple of years ago actually was filmed in Chillicothe by a large group of us and a production company. And fortunately, this movie uh, went on to win a couple of independent film accolades. It is... Uh, Chillicothe makes a movie, Blood Alley, and we have a sequel we're working on currently, but the book ties into the sequel that I brought to you today. Okay. And it's a collection of Chillicothe being ground zero for a massive zombie outbreak. And three stories in this book are um, written by me. The rest are written by other writers and uh, collaborators in the film itself. Um, I'm credited as a screenwriter along with a few other people in the film. Plus, I also acted in the film. Oh, that's awesome, man. Good for you. The second film will be tied up around this book and everything where a huge cover-up has come into play and they're trying to water down the events of what happened in the first movie and everyone's like, oh, it must have just been, you know, someone must have uh, had a flu outbreak or something and it caused hallucinations and it'll go on from there and then... A real outbreak happens again, and everyone's coming to terms with it, and the book acts as a guide for how to survive the actual outbreak. Oh, that's awesome, man. That's cool. And everyone that's watching, if they're locals, they're like, I know that place. Yeah. All right, so now you are, outside of the paranormal world, you're also super into Sasquatch and Bigfoot. Now, Mm -hmm. have there ever been sightings of a Bigfoot-type 
animal creature in in the Ohio area? Um, mostly in Ohio, yes. Uh, there's a huge group in Ohio known as. Um, it's kind of like a mutual UFO network. There's also a mutual Bigfoot network in Ohio. <laughs> and there have been a mass amount of sightings, oddly enough, in the Chillicothe area, which it kind of makes sense because there's a lot of dense forest, a lot of wooded area within Ohio itself that, yeah, you can fly over it with a drone. Yeah, you can fly over it with a helicopter. But it doesn't necessarily mean men travel through that on a daily basis and mess up the habitat. And this whole area of Ohio, especially in Hocking Hills, that area, and the Charleston Pike area of Chillicothe, is a migratory pattern uh, where Bigfoot, or what Ohio refers to as Grassman in the Salt Lake Forest area, of far eastern Ohio. Uh, they refer to it as the Grassman. Grassman is a great name. Well, the crazy thing of the difference between Bigfoot and Grassman, Bigfoot normally travels alone. Grassman travels in a family. Uh, you've got a mom, a dad, and a couple of kids, maybe a grandpa. Uh, it, it's Obviously, really Grassman's a hippie. That's what a lot of people uh, attribute it to. <laughs> a very tall hippie, though. A very tall hippie who just gave up on shaving altogether. Right, right. But mm -hmm. so, so they think it's some sort of skunk ape that is oh, fam Florida. family Florida, yeah, but yeah. family oriented right right they they really and what's funny is with a lot of these sightings you find footprints you find strange hairs that uh, have a, a mesh of dna and then when they do tests on it and it always has some sort of a human attribute to it but then you never find a bigfoot body They've never found one where, like, oh, Bigfoot had a, a stroke and he's just lying there by the creek. Nothing like that. Whatever happened to Harry? Uh, well, the, the John Lithgow took care of him. Yeah. Harry and the Henderson yes. was like a great movie. That is one of the best films ever made. It really was, man. Yeah. And it, it's hard to have legitimate Sasquatch conversations, right? Uh, yeah, without mentioning Harry and the Hendersons, you've got to bring that into the fold. Even though it was, it was tongue-in-cheek humor, it, it's really a beautiful film when you see the ending and the hunter who was hell-bent on and uh, bagging a Bigfoot ends up befriending Harry and leaves him alone in his natural habitat and decides to no longer try to hunt Bigfoot. And then you see like 50 of these same Harrys from Harry and the Hendersons walking out of the tree line, <laughs> right, walking right, away right. from a tree, and they blend in like camouflage. I forgot. Yeah, that is. I forgot about that it too. Has been that such is a cool. long beautiful time scene. since I've seen that movie. Yeah. Uh, on with Neil Parks right now, and I'm looking at Grassman, and it's hard to find like a legitimate. Okay, so here's like what people are saying that the Ohio Grassman looks like. I mean, that's a big dude right there. Yeah. Maybe down in like the Shawnee National Forest or something like that. He's kind of like a modern day Goliath, if you want to get down yeah. to it. It really is, man. Like, yeah. He's kind of spelt for a but big different dude. Regions, <laughs> different regions and different types of people, whatever. Um, they all have like a Sasquatch. Yeah. Uh, big their foot, version, right? Their yeah. virgin, virgin. Uh, oh my God. That virgin. I don't know if they're foot. virgins or not. I don't know what their sexual behavior is. The but snowman. Remember the abominable I'm sure they breed. I'm sure it's strong. You're right, though, Randy. Everywhere, like uh, like we pointed out just a second ago, like in Florida, it's called the skunk ape, and up here, it's called uh, the grass man. Like other and states, what are they, what's Ar another name for Sasquatch? Arkansas, it's Momo. Uh, it's also the same in Louisiana. Uh, Florida, oh, where you're from, ape. yeah, Randy. Yeah, Momo. What about when it's really cold, though, the, the abominable snowman. Yeah, abominable snowman, yeti, yeti, yes. You got you've got that. You got yeti. Um, that or uh, what was he called in Rudolph? What was what was he called? Oh man, you're taking me deep yeah, here. I have yeah. no oh, idea. Oh, I can't tell you. It wasn't toothless because that's how to train your dragon. Yeah, that's a dragon. Never mind. Mm. 
Well, there's very uh, several different names. I, I, so how do you keep the belief, though? How do you keep the belief in Bigfoot? Is it something that's just near and dear to your heart from childhood? Or do you, like when I say, hey, Neil, like on a scientific level, do you truly, if I said, do you truly believe in ghosts? I know your answer would be yes, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so on that, I know you too, Randy. Uh, <laughs> on that same, Randy's so right there. Randy's psychic, a lot of people don't know. But anyway. Uh, I sense you, that. She has a purple aura. She really does, and she doesn't That's use her it. shirt. That's how we're going to retire. <laughs> uh, anyway. Boy, peripheral vision's I going know. bad today. On, on, Let me move my glasses here. <laughs> on the foundation that you've built your paranormal career, where people trust you and they yeah. value your opinion, where is your belief in there is a Sasquatch and we just haven't found him yet? Well, you mentioned near and dear to me. Yeah, it's something that I've been fascinated with as a kid. It was early documentaries hosted by like Leonard Nimoy in the 1970s. Sure. And that's what really sucked me in because, you know, Spock's not going to lie. He's not going to make stuff up. <laughs> right. It's freaking Spock. Right. So, and the fact Kirk, that, on the other hand. Yeah, I, I wouldn't trust him. He's like a sleazy car salesman. So I look at the Sasquatch, Yeti, Skunk Ape, whatever you want to call it, and I consider the fact that we've only thoroughly explored about 7 to 10% of the world's oceans. And there are things that we will never see in our lifetime at the bottom it's of the ocean. It's way too deep, yeah. Way too deep. And it just continues to go. And who knows how far it goes beyond the Mariana Trench. But how about the creatures that we have seen where they're like, they are all like stark white and with thought, zero eyes. And thought to be extinct. Yeah. Like we think we know everything. So you can take that into consideration. And then we know more about outer space than we do our own planet. And not to mention the fact that we've only thoroughly ca- um, cataloged about 40% of all marine life. And then you go into the, into the woods and the, and the forest and the trees and so forth. Really, the planet. Amazon. I mean, like, you know, uh, there's parts Amazon, of the Amazon. We have no yeah. So, um, so you're saying that how could we possibly know without well, having Well, what about discovered? right here, Mammoth Cave? They haven't even explored all of it yet. Oh, in said. Kentucky? Mammoth yeah, Cave? Yeah, it's so big. They yeah. haven't even yeah, been I'd able like to explore all of you. it. That's, that sounds like a lot of fun. Now, one place that Randy and I are planning for the next summer solstice is we're going to make it a point to be at the Serpent Mound. Mm-hmm. Have you explored, and, and, and if so, what are your experiences with the um, Serpent Mound here in Ohio? I actually had an experience at the Serpent Mound. Uh, there were crop formations that popped up in 2003 directly across the street, um, no, the road per se, from the Serpent Mounds. Now, a month later, a strange geometric pattern crop formation popped up across the road from the Sipe Mounds in Bainbridge, but the first set was in Peebles, and I went there. Okay. And the first time I was turned away because... <clears throat> it's on somebody's personal property? Yeah, it was on personal property. I got to know the woman in passing, and she allowed me to come on her own terms. The other people that were there were like uh, specialists and authorities, ghost quotes, um, and they were saying, oh, this area is quarantined, we're checking for radiation, we're oh, checking wow. for this. And you know, I waited around, they weren't going to let me on the site, so I came back about two weeks later. And there's no one around. And the woman, I know she's home across the road. There's this huge farmland. And I park into the, I pull into the parking lot of the Serpent Mound area. And it's the outer lying part to where I can just walk across the road to this soybean field. And I'm walking into it. And as soon as I enter, uh, the battery, and, and this was 2003, so it was like a five megapixel camera. Okay. Uh, the battery just, it dies. And I don't have a backup on it. And as I step back out to uh, get my car charger to plug it in to to uh, give it life again, I step out of the formation, and the battery comes back half-life. I step back into the formation area, the, the crop field itself, battery's dead again. 
And as I'm standing there fumbling with my camera, this voice came from nowhere directly behind me. Uh, someone said, you need to come out of the, the field now, please, and leave the area. And I stop and turn and look, and it's a person dressed in what appears to be a state trooper, not costume, but uniform. Uh, he had the badge, no name tag, and did not have a weapon on him. And he's standing there with black gloves on and uh, aviator glasses and just standing there with his arms folded staring at me. And I said, sir, I have permission to be here. It's, it's uh, not an issue. He says, it is an issue. You need to leave the property, get in your vehicle, and drive away, please. And I said, well, do you have any identification on you? Because you're dressed, you know, you're in a uniform, but I don't, he says, you need to get in your vehicle, you need to leave the property, and you need not to come back. So I didn't feel like arguing with this guy anymore. He looked like he could probably strong arm me. And as I started to get up and walk past him, he was probably, he was very thin, probably every bit of 5'10", and... He had slick black hair, but a very pale complexion. And as I'm walking past him, it felt like it was Schwarzenegger from the Terminator because his head was following me. Yeah. But it felt like he was looking right through me as I walked past him. And I said, okay, I'll leave then. And I get in my vehicle, back up, and start to drive away. And I'm watching this dude in my rearview mirror. Now, mind you, the soybean crops are about waist high. So... He walks off the road after watching me drive away, slowly saunters down the bank where I was originally, walks into the soybean field, and completely vanishes. And you never saw him again? Never saw him again. Didn't see a vehicle anywhere where this guy could have appeared. Didn't see any kind of a helicopter that dropped him off. Did you ever go back? No, I did not go back. At that point, I was like, okay, I've gone far enough. Obviously, I've stirred something up, stirred someone up. Was that one of the most freaked out? times you've ever been like ghost hunting because i was all alone paranormal hunting and you weren't getting cell service out there first of all i wasn't getting anything to work my camera my cell phone nothing and as i noticed dude walking into the soybean field and disappearing i slammed my brakes uh put my brakes on and i stop and i turn completely around to look to get a better uh, idea of what i just saw and my entire car shuts down at that point. Whoa. And what? I'm, you know, it was like every horror movie. So, you see so you're, you're like fumbling is, with your key. It's like, oh, this God, is like oh in God. Peebles? This was in Peebles, Ohio. And I finally get it to turn over. All my stations have been completely reset. Like someone unplugged the battery and then plugged it back up. Everything's, the clock's not working, nothing. It's just flashing 12. So I, you know, I then dieseled myself out of there as quickly as I could get. Wow. And as I get to an area that's more, public it was like a gas station where there's more people around i called the sheriff's department in that area and explained that i think there's someone impersonating an officer he was dressed oh, as so a state you did report this i did report that and they said well there'd be no reason for a sheriff's deputy or a state trooper especially a state trooper to be in that area because that's nowhere near the highway and if you didn't see a cop car uh, how did they get there? I said, that's my question. Were they just hanging out in the property? Were they told to stand guard? They said, no, we have no uh, no one dispatched in that area at all. There's no reason for that. So they told me that I, I did the right thing by leaving and I should just not go back. So I'm like, okay. Yeah. Wow, that is crazy, man. Neil Parks, we are out of time. I Always... want to go to the next uh, sighting, though. I know, right? <laughs> it is so cool. So are you down to go with us on the summer solstice? I think this could be a big deal, man. That sounds like a really good time. It you know, that's fun. that's uh, it's allegedly what happens is, according to Graham Hancock, he says that at the summer solstice, the snake head at the at, when when the sun is setting will actually look like the snake is consuming the sun. the sun. Yeah, 
And mm-hmm. it, that's the only day that you're going to see it like that. Yeah. And if you have a drone, it's even more money. Oh, I bet that like is crazy getting, with the you drone. Know, the, the picture's even better. Uh, we have a text. Uh, Terry wants to know if you know anything about Moonville down in Vinton County. Oh, yeah. People ask me about that a lot. What is that? Uh, the Moonville Tunnel. Uh, there are two places you can go in particular to get directions. I suggest getting directions to it online. It's a lot better. But there's one gas station. Uh, it's not open anymore, but back in the day when I would go there frequently, it was a Ma and Pa gas station that was very reminiscent of um, Captain Spaulding. When you oh, my there, gosh. So. No. Really? Oh, Rest in peace, by you, the way. Yeah, yeah oh, I miss Sid. And, and uh You'd go, get directions, and he'd be like, oh, there's a rusted bus down to the right, and then you got to take a left at the old tree that's been burnt out, and there's a dead bird in there. It was kind of like, <laughs> get directions like that. Sure. But a legit gas station that is there and operates frequently, they give really good directions. In fact, they have uh, little maps there you can take for free, and it'll give you directions on how to get uh, to that area. I believe the name of the road starts with an R. God, I can't remember now. Uh, I never actually drove there myself. I always ride with people because I have terrible night vision. So uh, they normally drive at night. And when you go to this area, it's a tunnel that's been graffitied uh, out the wazoo. There's spray paint everywhere. Of course, people are putting um, spray paint and writing Hail Satan, but they spell it Satin. So <laughs> Hail Satin. I, I, it does I not guess, have the same you know, effect, not. guys. I like Satin. Yeah, Hail Satin. Hail so. Satin. Me too. It's so soft. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you've got that and all these inverted crosses, just people screwing around, and then you've got local folks saying, oh, Satanists are up there meeting, but that's not So it's kind of like the Mothman thing yeah, in that all, area. Like, a lot of local Ohio, lore. West Virginia. And there's a ghost of a lantern man Ooh. that walks up and down the tunnel who he died headless? on the train track he is said to be headless mm, gotta have my to lantern, headless man headless. lantern man headless i know right dude you are full of it and when i say of it all that <laughs> halloween spirit i love every time you come in you're yeah, a great person your so wife uh, your whole family down at chillicothe thank you so thank much thank you very much everyone okay. support uh, neil parks and uh, they can find you one more time where uh, you can find me my you can get on google facebook youtube Put in at the Neil Parks. Okay. Uh, you can also email me at parksparanormal at gmail.com. And I have my own podcast and been operating that since January. Awesome, it's, man. Uh, am I allowed to mention that? Sure, on here? yeah. Anchor.fm slash Neil dash Parks. All right, cool, man. We'll get you a link on to uh, our uh, Blitz channel. And that way people can check you out, okay? That's great. Hey, thanks so much, Neil Parks, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you. Ghosts, aliens, UFOs, Bigfoot, parallel universes, angels and demons, time travel, cryptozoology, and so much more within the realm of the unexplained, the strange, and the out of this world. I'm your host, Neil Parks, award-winning author, screenwriter, researcher, and paranormal professional. Join me every week as I tackle hot-button topics within the paranormal realm. I'll share personal accounts, my research, and secondhand evidence. I will read excerpts and stories from my books and discuss my upcoming projects in the literary world. Documentaries, both on TV and the big screen, plus my independent film projects. Paranormally Speaking is both thought-provoking and entertaining. New episodes drop every Thursday. Tune in to Paranormally Speaking and prepare to be enlightened. Thank you, and that's all for today. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Be sure to take a compass with you if you're exploring the forests and the wilderness. Bring some snacks for Bigfoot. Bring camera equipment so you can photograph any strange fireballs, UFOs from overhead, uh, any disembodied spirits, recording equipment for sounds and screeches of either ghosts or 
a howling yeti or sasquatch or skunk ape or grass man. And there's so much yet to be discovered. So enjoy it. The wilderness is here for us to explore. And I hope you have a great weekend. Thank you so much for your time.